0: Trustee Lujanani? Present. Trustee Banerjee?
1: Here.
0: Trustee Lawrence? Absent. Here. Trustee Varney? Here. Here. We have a quorum.
1: Okay, thank <clears throat> you. And um, welcome everyone to the first Finance Committee meeting of the new year. Um, I'll just remind everyone that audio recording is in progress. So, Um, we have as usual, a full agenda today. Um, I think there's a number of verbal reports and I assume kind of holidays got in the way a little bit, so that's fine. Uh, (laughs) that's fine. Okay. Um, well, the first order of business is the, um, Minutes of the last Finance Committee meeting um, Did any trustees have comments? Okay, then I will move that we approve that
2: uh, I second
1: all in favor. Aye. Aye. Okay, that's done Okay um, Committee planning, I don't think there's a lot that let's take a look at the calendar here which is on page 11 of the packet
3: so um, uh, Mr. I Chairman, think- if i could there's a couple of changes i'll just note. Yes. the first is we we had intended originally to do a uh, educational session on the medi-cal waiver right but we're now just the program's actually just been approved and the and, uh, numbers aren't final uh, okay. DelVecchio and I are actually act- at the CAPH board meeting tomorrow. We'll probably get more information, but I think uh, perhaps next month or the month after we can give you a report on that.
1: Okay, very good. So then we'll have the uh, microeconomics of um, the the uh, patient microeconomics next month or 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 the month or the uh, session after, depending upon the Medi-Cal waiver stuff. Okay, and I think everything else we're doing. Um, is there anything else anyone wants to hear from a financial perspective and an educational topics?
2: We did have some financial things, but we, I thought we were going to elevate it to the entire board. There were a couple of things that remember that we spoke about, and I kind of. Mm. Uh, but uh, for this committee, I think this is good. I think we're done. Talking-
4: May be referring to the uh, conversation in the last uh, uh, meeting that was about like the strategic plan and uh, uh, sessions around mm-hmm. you know, as we uh, finalize that both here and, and at the board and the integrated financial plan. Yeah, right, right.
1: Okay. Thanks. And I also think we're not going to be approving a financial plan today. Correct.
3: Um, <clears throat> that, that's correct. And when we get to that point, I'm going to talk about um, the difference between the financial planning process and the budgeting process because we've got multiple things going on and and we think it's probably better to align the financial plan with the strategic plan than with Mm -hmm. the budget and so that they can go forward together okay
1: Um, one other thing I think I would like you to add at some point in the future is um, some uh, you know just education about the balance sheet Okay. You know, how it's structured, what's on there, you know, some of the key measures um of goodness on that because I think that would be useful for everyone to know. Okay. We are No, we're we're on tab 2. Um this is tab 2B, the financial committee planning calendar, page 11. And then uh-huh. So, the uh, Board of Supervisors Healthcare Committee, this is page twelve. It's all TBD except for the one on Monday. Oh,
3: I, I turned it completely off. So I turned now. it off. Okay, thanks.
1: And so we'll fill this we'll fill in the uh, dates on this one we know.
3: Looking at page 12. Ah, yeah. yes. <clears throat> yeah, we, we should note that our next presentation is on Monday, this Monday coming up. Okay. So, All right. but So there is one on Monday. Yes. Okay. And we're
1: presenting the uh, metrics. And is there anything else that AHS is presenting <clears throat>
3: at that? Uh, it should be a standard report on um, you know financial performance, debt compliance, and the uh, metrics. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Well, enough of
1: that. Um, let's talk about, um, let's get to tab three. We're now <clears throat> zipped along so we're now two minutes ahead. Oh. So let's talk about uh, November results.
3: Okay, great. Let me uh, jump into this. Um, <clears throat> okay, so in November we're actually reporting an operating loss of $2.3 million. And so year to date we're actually now behind budget by $5.2 million. Um, And the EBITDA margin is 2.9 compared to the budget of 4.8. And several things are happening. Um, We're actually above our revenue budget overall, but the reason for that is supplemental revenue. And the net patient service revenues are actually lagging behind where we thought we would be. And part of that is that the cash collections from... um, on patient accounts from October through December have started to tail off, and so as you can imagine, that's an area that's getting uh, intense interest and review right now. And we're going to be reporting more on that um, at future meetings because we have to. We're digging into it. Um, we think that there are some uh, <clears throat> very clear, identifiable reasons uh, for that. Um, this term EBU, which are unbilled claims, has increased. Um, <clears throat> the um, Alameda Alliance did a computer conversion in October at the same time that ICD-10 went live, and we think that's slowed down claims, Uh, and there have been some specific issues with uh, skilled nursing billing in our systems that are being corrected. So we can attribute things to it, but we need to see the cash, uh, or we're going to have to continue to be um, conservative on our net revenue. Uh, estimate. So, we'll talk more about that as we get through here. Um, <clears throat> operating expenses are 2.5% higher than budget. Now, part of that is this uh, GASB 68 issue that we've talked about. I think it's, the difference is about th- uh, 3 million, or 3.5 million. Uh, <clears throat> I mentioned uh, the problem with cash collections that has resulted in uh, net days in AR increasing. Um, we want to reverse that over the next couple months. And uh, finally, we can uh, mention that uh, the the Medi-Cal waiver, which has been approved, and we're seeing initial numbers from CAPH on on how that may play out for us, Um, there are a number of alternatives that the CAPH board will have to vote on, but initially, it looks like we're going to have the opportunity to actually increase our reimbursement under the new waiver. And I say Opportunity because these are not really grants. They're things that now have to be earned based on this new point system for seeing patients and uh, also uh, specific performance on on quality metrics. And uh, so, this is a reminder this program is all about performance, not about process. Okay? Okay. Yeah. So,
5: the new Medi Cal waiver, so
1: i 'm not sure I'm not sure that um, <clears throat> the board has ever received a really you know a, a formal review of what that is, what that means, what we 're getting for it Maybe. yeah I,
3: I think I think Carla Denise actually did a, a nice job of laying it out, but let me re- okay. re- go through it real quickly there's three components right one is called GPP, which is um, uh, replacing sort of the the dish safety net care pool side. And what that's all about is <clears throat> um, getting points for various services that are delivered to Medi-Cal and the uninsured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and and what they've done is they've everybody's filed cost reports and they've figured out how many points everybody's going to get, and that's sort of the the base, the foundation for dividing up the available mm-hmm. dollars between facilities. The next program is uh, the one that's replacing DISRIP, and it's mm-hmm. called Prime. And the way it's going to work is, uh, we have to um, uh, we have to pick six particular projects, and we get graded on our metrics, our quality metrics, on those six projects. And Mm there there are specific things that are built into the program that we have to do. And you'll get a fuller report on that from Karen Bashaw or the uh, uh, workforce uh, or the uh, integration team that we have at a future point. And. Well, oh, yeah, there's six it's mandatory and then not three, sure. so there's <clears> nine. <throat> three, are, three are optional. Uh, but anyway, but it's a, it's a quality, and it's not just hitting a score, it's showing um, uh, progress on closing mm-hmm. the gap between where our score is and what the, the national metric is. And the third is a um, um, yes, whole person care. So, so
4: uh, yeah, the, the third program is actually this. Um, okay. Uh, the smaller aspect of the waiver, and it's actually not driven by um, uh, us as the delivery delivery side. It's a joint arrangement. It's called whole person care. It's a joint arrangement that's more county-driven. It's an optional program that counties can elect to submit a proposal to the state to initiate uh, a set of programs that are designed around um, uh, providing comprehensive coordinated services to a um, high-risk population that uh, involves a collaboration between the uh, local initiative payers so that would be Alameda Alliance for us uh, the county services and then whoever your delivery entities are which could be both AHS and the FQHCs or either one of us Um, each county who uh, um, wants to can submit for this program and then the state gets to decide which county's proposals get selected so not every county is is guaranteed the ability to participate in that particular program uh and not every county may submit an application to uh, participate we have actually been working one of the things we shared before we've actually been working with all those partners to get preliminary education on how that program is shaping out in terms of the uh, uh, the requirements and what it might look like from a proposal standpoint jointly with um, all the other players and uh, the Cal- Alameda County has already uh, expressed an interest in uh, um, uh, submitting an application for that program the details of how they do that uh, won't come out uh, for another couple of months at least on the current schedule I should say the prior schedule I think that application was due around uh, April or May. Uh, It may be pushed back now that the waiver is uh, being pushed back as well. The other point, and and David uh, uh, pointed out, the main two programs, the GPP is Global Payment Program. Uh, uh, That's what it stands for. And what it is, uh, in addition to what he said, uh, a points-based system, is the the crux of it is that the points are... um, Initially, sort of uh, normalized to what is the current payment structure, which is uh, cost-based. So there's a uh, there's a higher set of points associated with the cost of care in the acute setting and in the ED. The goal of the program, though, is to shift. It's it's about organizing care. So it's to shift more of the services to uh, the ambulatory appropriate uh, services to the community. So over the five-year cycle of the program, uh, the points will increase. The value of the services that you deliver in a community-based setting will increase. And so you'll you'll be expected to do more of those in order to um, uh, get funding and then, obviously, to, of uh, course, reduce where it's appropriate the amount of uh, um, sort of uh, ED and uh, avoidable admission services that you do uh, now. So, okay. yeah,
5: and
4: yeah. that's I think that's pretty
3: right. pretty good. Okay. And what's this worth to us? Um, I mean, the five, the five the years. first program GPP which is placing dish. Uh, we're currently earning 60 to 65 million a year, and it looks like it's going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. The second program, um, uh, Disruptor Prime, uh, we're currently at 30 to 35, and it looks like we'll be that or higher. I don't want to throw out numbers at this point, but the meeting that we're attending tomorrow we
4: will get a little bit a of that more okay. yeah. details on some aspects of this. So probably by next month, we'll have a uh, mm-hmm. we should have a greater sense of what <clears> the um, sort of uh, uh, available dollars are. As he said, we have to earn them, so it's not a guarantee, uh, but we'll have a sense of what that looks like for us. Okay. And I did have another question. But yeah, no, I,
2: we had discussed this in detail, yeah. how the yeah. whole paradigm shift from process mm-hmm. to now being, uh, you know, be, uh, outcome. Uh, uh, the outcome yeah. and yeah. performance thing. This mm-hmm. is three to five years, but what time It's a five-year program. It's
4: a five-year program. The renewal was for five years, so it goes from essentially it goes from 2015 to 2020 uh, uh, because technically the the last waiver ended on October 31st of uh, of last Mm -hmm. year, but it got extended to December uh, December 31st while they're working out the terms between the state and the federal government. Um, So the period. It's in effect, started then since the grant did, but um, uh, the details are actually still being worked out, and that's the point why this is uh, delayed, and we couldn't give you a presentation this month. There's still details being worked out. All
1: right, and, and I apologize. I, I do once you started describing it, I do recall it, it rung a the bell. Yeah, I just um, <laughs> I, I plead uh, holidays. All good. Uh, did you have a okay? Then one other question. Um, so the revenue recognition. So. Mm-hmm our collections are down so we're we're recognizing less revenue onto the P&L as well
3: yeah and i know that you know cash collections are not necessarily the same thing as net revenue because there are timing differences but i'm paying a lot of attention to this and and i have an objective of having them pretty close to 100% so mm-hmm. if we book you know, uh, $500 million of net patient service revenue, I want to see $500 million in cash or, you know, plus or minus. Unless I can explain it. Like if I know that, oh, we're behind by $5 million here. Okay. Then, then that, you know. All right. So, so it's, it's, even it's,
1: though you suspect it might be out there or it's owed to us until... Yeah. You, I mean, you, they're you not want exactly
3: it, the same, but they're, they're related.
1: You, you want it yeah. really coming in the door, not yeah. should be coming in the door. Yeah, and,
3: and I'm, I'm going right. to be talking about this because a large part of our... Um, budget this year was based on increased collections, right? Inc- increased revenue from patient yeah. services. And, and we have done that, mm-hmm. but we're not quite to where we budgeted, and that's that's an issue.
1: Yeah, and also, I mean, it was of, I mean, that this topic is of concern to me. I mean, it's one month, so okay, yeah. but, yeah, yeah I, I mean, the collections look like they're down pretty substantially based versus the prior few months trend.
3: Right. And we saw it happening in October. And we're like, okay, well, ICD-10 and Mm -hmm. alliance conversion. And then you're into the holidays. And and we actually did have a very good cash collection month in December. Mm -hmm. November was way down. Uh, December was terrific. But a lot of it was because we worked with the county Mm -hmm. and um, got caught up on uh, payments for behavioral health and -hmm. health pack. So So.
1: how, you know, should we be... Uh, Watchful? Worried? Um, Is there any assistance that you need um, that the board can have any effect on?
3: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. I I would say at this point we should be attentive to this issue. Okay. It it is, that's...
6: that's Dave, who would help understanding that operating expense are 2.5% higher? What's that in dollars as compared to the $2 million, $5.2 million mentioned in... uh, yeah. first bullet point. That yeah. Sometimes we are, we harder are, to, for us to correlate between a percentage and a billion-dollar number, How, what is that in numbers? What is that in dollars?
3: It's about $8.9 million for five months, yeah, of which about three or three-and-a-half is this GASBY 68 issue. So, so specifically, okay. just to give you a high-level summary on net patient service revenue, We're 6.9 million behind budget. On supplemental revenue, we're 9.5 ahead. So, overall, on revenue, we're 2.6 ahead. But on expenses, we're 8.9 behind. So, that gives us a negative variance of 6 million for five months.
6: Okay, It's just really hard for me to yeah. correlate all okay. of that information. But yeah. uh, we always seem to have a concern as our per day cost per patient is is higher than other hospitals. How does that, do you have any current figure on that difference between um, what other hospitals cost per day and what we're um, doing?
3: Not at this point. I know that that is one of the observations from the, uh, the Toyon report. And they're going to be reporting on it to the board later this month and we're going into our budget process and one of the things we've we've wanted to do is to benchmark ourselves at that point against uh, similar organizations so I, I can't tell you today exactly where we are but I think it's probably probably comparable to other designated public hospitals
6: okay so well last time you reported we were like $800 a day or some significant number dollar a day more than other hospitals. You've know, you just said that it's now the other hospitals either going to come down to us or we're going to go up to them, or how is it going to be comparable to other hospitals? Yeah,
3: I, I, don't, I don't recall specifically um, giving a comparison uh, of our performance to other hospitals. I thought you just um, said that
6: though. You thought it was going to be comparable I'm to other my, hospitals. I'm saying my
3: impression is that it's comparable. I've looked at OSHPOD reports, uh, but it's, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd want to do more analysis before I you know, come back to you with some real numbers to do that. Okay. 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 You come back to us. Okay, I'll come back to you with that. Okay. Um, More on um, the uh, financial performance. So uh, this is sort of, again, the heat map, which is uh, red is variances to budget and green is positives uh, to budget. Um, On the volume... Uh, On a combined basis, we're below budget on census, we're over on discharges and visits, we're a little under on gross charges, and we're a little over on um, outpatient revenue. So a mixed bag. Overall, I'd say we're slightly under budget uh, overall on um, where we thought we'd be on volume. Uh, You can see that we've got really a lot of activity here at Behavioral Health and um, San Leandro Hospital has been quite busy. We've got some pink areas over here at uh, Highland and Fairmont. Um, the yield is how much net revenue we're generating. And here you can see on net patient service revenue, we're 2.8% under. And a, a big piece of that's here at uh, Highland Hospital. And I think a lot of that has to do with... Um, The uh, authorization process. So while we're busy, we're not collecting uh, what we expected to. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. We are doing well at Fairmont Behavioral Health um, and um, we have some variances here. Uh, And then on supplemental revenue, we're doing very well overall, 8.3%. And you can see Alameda Hospital and San Leandro Hospital are really benefiting from uh, that uh, as well as Behavioral Health so then on uh, total revenue, we're, again, positive, and you can see the variances here. We, we, again, we're lagging here at Highland, and uh, the collection rate in total is uh, slightly above budget, but that's counting supplementals, and then this is the net patient service revenue for bus- patient day, which is below budget at 5.3, but again, I think that's kind of the mix of services. Here's the expense indicators. Uh, so on expenses, again, we're a 2.5% over budget, or about $9 million. And we're uh, over at Highland. This is largely the um, GASB 68 issue, because that's where that hits. Um, and um, uh, we're positive at Fairmont. Uh, looks like positive at uh, John George. A little behind on ambulatory. A little behind at San Leandro. And a little behind at um, Alameda Hospital. The um, compensation ratio overall, this is uh, wages, salaries, benefits divided by net revenue, is pretty close, 0.3%. That's pretty close. So we actually we're coming in pretty close to budget. And the FTEs per just occupied better are actually favorable by six percent at this point overall. And you can see there's some pluses and minuses. Um, and then this is the overall performance. So we've got operating income operating margin, EBITDA margin. This is where it shows we're lagging behind. And again, the problems, uh, the big variances are at uh, Highland and at uh, ambulatory so far. Okay, does that give you a good pers- perspective on where, where we're doing, what we're doing?
2: Okay, uh, census at Fairmont. Mm-hmm. Is, that, um, you, is that because of the average length of stay or is it just that we have no um, lesser patients thing. than we've had?
5: So at Fairmont, it's a combination of the skilled nursing facility and the acute rehab, and I think this is driven largely by acute rehab. The census in acute rehab, we're going to talk more about that later in the meeting, but the census has been lower on the acute rehab. In the SNF, um, again, we have 109 beds. We run an ADC of about 106, 107. So the SNF stays full. It's the um, IRF, the inpatient rehab facility.
2: Okay. Okay. And because the Highland census shows positive... The revenue is due to the authorization and collections rather than the fact mm. that people are not, it's not like our partners are referring people to Sutter or other places rather right. than and to the And our it's, own a, services. it's a th-
3: throughput issue. So, to give you an example, um, John Chapman, <clears throat> is John here today, by the way? I think so. no? Okay. Uh, reported today hey, we're, we're full, but we have 10 patients who are essentially uh, borders or observation patients. So, they're not admitted, so we're really not getting paid for them and we have a particular issue that we're trying to solve um, to actually set up an ability to bill for observation patients. So there's 10 patients here that we're just not going to get paid for. Um, There are other cases where um, we have patients who um, need to be discharged and transferred to a skilled nursing facility or rehab. We can't, so those days are denied. Uh, Or we had a a couple cases today where uh, we had certain surgeons who are trying to to schedule patients for surgery without uh, going through the financial uh, clearance process. So we, those would be just, you know, the, those are the types of things that cause us not to get paid for um, patients we see. Okay. That's a
2: big discrepancy
3: between this, you know,
7: daily census. And
2: yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
6: What, uh, on operating performance, you have operating income a negative fifty four point nine percent again what's that in dollars
3: uh, it is six point three million dollars yeah. okay okay now we're going to switch to um, I actually yes, yes sir. sir back up Thank back you
1: up. Okay. <laughs> um, so I mean you know every, everything is important. Highland is the biggest mm-hmm. there yeah. Um, I think it would be not now. It might be useful, just perhaps in the next meeting, if we could just. I mean, yeah, I look at the I look at the P and L that was presented mm-hmm. for is presented here. This I
3: believe is on page twenty, if anybody. Wants 23.
1: Twenty-three. Okay. And so we are year-to-date contribution margin twenty-five million dollars behind budget. Um. So I, it might be useful just in the next meeting to spend a little bit more time, just understanding that better, and sure. and more importantly, um, you know, like not only how we got there, but what's the, you know, what's the plan to get back to get renewing. back, yeah, yeah. and, and re- recognizing that there may be some things, for example, the uh, you know, um, you know, gas 68 that are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah and, sure. and it's it's fair game to say, look, these are things that were outside mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. know, management control and outside of the budget, but mm-hmm. to the extent that there are things that are inside, I think we should be useful to talk about that and understand that better. Sure, okay. okay.
3: okay, now let's talk about cash. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I've been reporting um, all year that um, you know we expect to be you know at or near the limit in December. Uh, and then after that will be um, improved and we expect to be in compliance um, and with a cushion to spare. So this month we've we've gotten a little more conservative on the forecast based on this cash collection trend, number one. Number two, um, the Medi-Cal waiver is new and uh, it's not actually un- until just recently approved and the dollars are uncertain. So um, the guidance we've been getting on how much we're going to get paid, and when we're going to get paid, that has changed quite a bit, and it's become unpredictable. Uh, and so that's that's introduced an element of uncertainty into this forecast that causes some level of concern. Okay, so so as things sit today, and looking out into the future, it's coming in at the end of the year, right about the target of 145 million. And I'm looking um, right here. This is the critical point where we get measured. You can see mm-hmm. those lines come together. But uh, the forecast is, is at this point like sort of plus or minus twenty million dollars, uh, and maybe and maybe the range is more like the best case is 140, and the worst case is you know 20 million on top of that. So it is causing me a level of concern that, in addition to doing all the things we should do to um, correct the problem. Uh, correct cash collections, net revenue, everything okay. else. I think we need to consider uh, an additional source of capital, and I would recommend that the committee consider looking at equipment lease financing uh, to be done prior to year-end. So this would be commercial credit. Uh, we we have had a number of conversations with people that haven't gone very far, but there there is an appetite to lend money, secured credit, to Alameda Hospital based on the equipment that we, uh, we own. So um, I'd like the, the committee to think about that and entertain that notion. And if it's something that, um, I, you know, we certainly don't have to make a decision tonight, but I can, I can develop that and come back at future meetings when we have more information and, uh, and present some alternatives for consideration.
6: Who, who owns that equipment? we are talking about financing by <clears throat> a, a lease arrangement.
3: So when the um, when the new tower opens, mm-hmm. uh, it comes equipped with uh, equipment, and at that point the county is going to essentially sell it to us. I, I believe it's for a dollar. We acquire uh, title to all the new equipment in the atr. Mm-hmm. So we isn't, won't.
6: isn't that all subject to the debt we owe the county? Doesn't the county have a
3: lien against? <coughs> uh, no, we owe? We, they do not. They do not have a lien against the us. I'm sorry.
4: Uh, there is no connection between the the ATR and the equipment in the ATR relative to the uh, working capital loan or the debt that you're talking about. Um, there is a uh, reference, actually I'll uh, be talking about this in my uh, uh, section on the debt agreement, but there is reference in the current interim agreement to uh, bond repayment for the ATR uh, that's about the entire bond for the the building, not anything specific to the built or not anything specific to the equipment, and there is no lien of any nature right. against anything right. uh, um, uh, any assets here that would be the possession of AHS relative to the county.
7: Uh,
6: might it be prudent to tell the county we're going to do that before we do it
4: so so to be clear we're not suggesting that we uh, are are going to do anything yet we're suggesting that the board uh, uh, open up to the prospect that at some point we might come to you to say to address this uh, that is one option for us to consider and at that point perhaps you have a point that we would talk to the county about it, except there wouldn't necessarily be an obligation to do so because the county would understand, per the agreement that's already in place, that the equipment is AHS's equipment. Now, whether we talk to them about what that means for then how we're able to deal with either our own capital needs and or the debt agreement, fair conversation. And I don't doubt that we wouldn't have that conversation with them at that time. And,
3: And in addition to that equipment, there's equipment that we have purchased with our own resources that we can use as security for a loan. That's right. So equipment
4: that we purchase over the course of the year, over yeah. the course of the years, uh, yeah. both here and at other uh, uh, facilities, including the ambulatory facilities, perhaps.
6: Yeah. But I'm, I'm just asking from a, a, you know, the latest thing that came out saying we're, we've had successful discussions with the county, and these committee meetings have indicating that have indicated we're in some sort of a. Uh, a partnership uh, walking together to solve these problems and I was just wondering wouldn't it, would, would that impair that
4: attitude if we were to
6: go ahead and do something without asking
4: Uh, I don't think so I I, I just want to be clear I don't think that this wouldn't be if if and when we get to the point of uh, asking the board to consider this I don't see anything that would preclude us from talking to the county and letting them know that this is something we're doing to uh, uh, to also address our finances I think the point about asking permission probably is a little different because in this case it wouldn't require their authorization to do so, but it would certainly be, I think, in keeping with the relationship that we are mm-hmm. developing and uh, uh, will continue to develop. That we would let them know what we're doing uh, uh, with respect to our finances. Sure, um, absolutely.
1: Well, let me let me cut the yeah. Gordian knot here. Yeah. So, uh, since there are three. Um, uh, uh, senior staff members from the county sitting right in back of us here. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it would probably be prudent to have a formal discussion with the county. They are at least contemplating that. Anyway, yeah. since and we really, uh, I, I don't yeah. think there's going to be any particular surprise. Um, no, I, I can say
3: that in the discussions over the course of the last year, we have mentioned that at some point, yeah. AHS might want to avail itself of other yeah. financing alternatives, I, including equipment leases. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I also think, you know, I... You know, I don't even need to be shy. I think that it would be worthwhile to talk about that possibility. I think it would be very good for us to understand what the terms mm-hmm. sure. yeah. might be. Um, um, you know, I think we're, I, I was. I had some points I wanted to make that we're going to incorporate stuff like this when we got to the debt agreement discussion later on. Sure, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I mean, why not? We can talk. I mean, we can yeah. certainly talk about it. Like yeah. I said. Uh, Trustee Varney has an excellent point. Okay. I think, um, a, certainly, again, since we have staff here anyway, it would be, a, it would be good of us to um, call over to appropriate folks and say, gee, we're thinking about this. We would. We would. If, 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 Why don't we yeah. do that soon? Of course. Yeah. They're right there. Well, uh, the point is that we've, we've
4: done enough to, as yeah. David was saying, we've done enough to talk to folks about what sorts of things we might do, but it's it's a, it's a sequencing thing, right? It's I, I don't think we are, I'd be perfectly honest, internally already completely um, in agreement that this is something that we should do. Um, this is just sh- sharing with you that these are a this is but one type of opportunity we might sure. consider when we get to that point we you know we would certainly uh, need your permission to do so but we would also as a matter of good relationship building with our county yeah. partners uh let them know that well, this is something we're doing
1: I think we well, just we're, yeah. it's a long way to go yeah I think all I'm hearing from David is you want to bring to the committee an information item that says yeah. hey if we were to lease financing this is what it might this is what it might look like
3: right and but we'll have more information on this when we get down Uh, the road. Yeah, and I think Trustee Borden has a
1: good point about communication as well as about who actually owns this.
3: (laughs) Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I do want to take a minute to just uh, talk about the revenue cycle. So I mentioned that a lot of the cash collection issues we think are related to revenue cycle issues. Uh, I'm not going to go through every one of these, but just to let you know that the the senior management team has talked about these. And um, we're going to be um, asking our uh, uh, project managers for this, uh, Freed & Associates, to come back to the team uh, next week with a series of um, re- recommendations about things we need to do. So uh, we, we mostly want you to realize that there's a lot of opportunity left. It's a very complex problem. We're all working very hard on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is there is room to improve the, um, the cash collection situation, mm-hmm. even though we've done a lot already. Yeah. So okay.
1: okay. Oh, and by the way, I think you mentioned to me just before the meeting that there is an approval item for Freed & Associates, but we're actually not going to consider that today.
3: Yeah, the The item on the agenda uh, had to do with um, getting project management support for the uh, Rain Tree product, mm-hmm. which is used to do physician billing, as well as an anesthesia module. And um, this this did you know project along for a while, but you know we're looking at it today and said so, you know we've we've got to find a way to do this uh, you know more efficiently. So mm-hmm. we decided to pull it off the agenda, and okay. uh, we'll come back to you with it. All right. Sure and, and this
1: is a very long list, and hats off for gathering all that. Are there are there some themes that glow through these that you know point to particular you know more global issues that need to be addressed?
3: Um yeah there there are I mean there there are obviously a lot of systems issues so mm-hmm. we still have that to fix there are um procedural issues and sort of this culture of accountability concept that you've you've heard people talk about that you know we say we're going to do some, something one way but it it doesn't quite happen or maybe we have some success and then we regress um and there there are, you know Certain situations where you know maybe we weren't doing a function before, or maybe we haven't had the right level of expertise in uh, particular positions, and we're we're systematically going through and trying to address each of those. So basically, people, process, and systems. So kind of all three, everything, yeah, everything. (laughs) Yeah, and I think a lot of people say it's not exactly. In some cases, it's not a rebuild; it's a build. It's things that have never been done here before. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really a cultural change it's it's hard it's it's
6: yeah.
1: Yeah. okay okay well okay
3: um but you know we we're, 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 we've done a lot I mean, yeah. we've no, collect, we, a we lot. collected more cash in the first 6 months of this year mm-hmm. than we did last year by you know about 12% yeah. so we we you know and, and last year we were catching up on old claims so we're we're good
1: yeah. No, and that's actually a good point. Is I mean, I, I think I still recall this one slide that you were showing last year, and you know, we had doubled or tripled our monthly cash collections you yeah. know, versus the dark yeah. days. Yeah. So a lot of work has been done.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Progress. For sure. But I think sustaining that level of kind of focus and intensity that you Mm -hmm. had where everybody was really looking at all the charge Mm -hmm. captures and everywhere down the line where they could be. That's, it's hard to sustain that. So do you need to like adjust the charge capture thing a little bit? Because now it's pretty consistently kind of plateaued at 19, 20, right? Like there were a few months when it went to 22, 23, but
3: oh, it seems in, to uh, be in cash the cash
2: collection. Yeah, it's, it's
3: sort of too. plateaued. And it's actually so. it's it's about where it was last year. Mm. We did much better in the first part of the year. And actually right now we're doing a little bit worse than we did last, than last year. But it's, it's close, you know. But
2: and so the EBU is also back to like that had shown such a significant. Yeah,
3: we, we at one point had it down to 20 million. Now it's back up over 60. And My gosh. So that's.
2: And the clinical documentation.
3: Money. Yeah, I mean, there, there's. I mentioned earlier, there's about 12 million of of stuff that just. Oh gosh, we can we can get that if we just. You know, we we could have 12 million more in the bank, or the, the debt to the county would be 12 million less today. If not for these issues, and you know, of course, we're going after them. But there, there's, a, there's, it's a complex problem. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. So. Okay. Well,
1: um, first of all, hey, finance team, keep at it. <laughs> oh, I, I do. Uh, I do want to uh... <laughs> keep at it. You, you, you were the one out here just yes. about ready to kill, kill every.
3: Okay. I, do, uh, I do want to take this um, opportunity to introduce a new member of the team and our new okay. interim director of Patient Financial Services uh, all the way from Florida, uh, Gary Baker. Gary, is you are you here? Can you? you here? Welcome. Just just joined us. Fix that.
1: <laughs>
3: thank Thank you, Gary. Sorry to put you on the spot.. Okay.
1: All right, so Gary will come back and tell us how he's fixed all of that next month.
3: Uh, no, it's gonna no? take. It's gonna take some hard work. So. Okay.
1: Okay, you too. Okay, you. All right. Okay. All right. Um, Thank you, finance team. Thank you. Keep at
3: it, please. The uh, the other part of the uh, performance improvement, um, and this is kind of moving to the. Uh, uh, we're actually going to talk more about this later, but just the other part of the performance improvement is the. Um, better to performance improvement project. We had a target of 8.8 million. We um, identified potential of 18, but we've booked and signed off on 14 million of annualized improvement. Most of that occurred in the last couple of months, so we really haven't seen the benefits of that yet. It's another thing that we're going to be tracking. Uh, closely going forward because we want to see the, the benefit of that start showing up on the income statement. But again, there's a separate presentation on this, so I'm going to not do that. Okay, now you actually did ask me to do a um, tutorial on the balance sheet. so assets
1: for the um,
3: liabilities. Looks like you've outdone well there 's just a few things to talk about this All will right. be a quick educational section this is using uh, page twenty one from the package which is actually the balance sheet okay. or the statement of financial position so um, some I apologize to uh, mr. Varney because this will be and to you because it will be very basic but um, the formula for the, for the balance sheet is called assets equal liabilities plus equity. That and it balances; those two are equal. So that's why it's called a balance sheet. Okay, and essentially, assets are things that we own, like cash, receivables, uh, pr- uh, equipment, um, like the equipment we're talking about in the new building. So, for example, when the new building opens, we won't get the um, the building itself, but we will get the equipment. So we'll see. Um, you know, thirty-plus million dollars added to equipment, and then according to this formula, there's got to be something on the other side. Okay, it's either liability or equity. So in this case, since we will own the equipment, our equity will improve by thirty-plus million dollars. Okay.
1: How's that going to show up in the equity side?
3: So uh, right now, on the where it says fund balance down toward near the bottom, where it's a negative three hundred eight million dollars, that will Improved by 30 million dollars, it'll be minus 278. So we actually will improve our financial position uh, by that. So that's good. Okay. And then assets, of course, since you own them, uh, unless they're otherwise uh, impaired by some type of lien, which uh, trustee Varney mentioned, can be used to secure uh, credit. So, uh, for example, if we um, did proceed with an equipment financing. Uh, and say we borrowed $20 million, what would happen is our assets would increase by $20 million, cash, and liabilities, our debt, would increase by $20 million. So we'd still be balanced because both of those would go up in the same sequence. Okay. So um, <clears throat> one way to look at a balance sheet is how big the numbers are. Okay. So in here we have um, $448 million of assets is what is owned by... HS, and we have debt of 600, actually more debt than we do assets. We actually owe um, uh, actually uh, 620 million of um, long term debt, most of which are these post employment benefit uh, pension obligations, which uh, any uh, commercial bank will tend to take those and sort of pull them out of the balance sheet because they understand it's kind of a special deal. Uh, and then we have current liabilities of $113 million. Now, those are real things that we have to pay within a year. So apart from looking at how big the numbers are, <clears throat> there, there are a couple of concepts, uh, ratio concepts that are used to judge sort of the quality of the balance sheet or what kind of financial health the organization is in. Um, <clears throat> so li- a couple of those concepts are liquidity, and another one is leverage or capitalization. So liquidity means um, we're measuring the ability of the organization to pay its bills currently. Okay, And so one measure is called days in cash, and we have uh, uh, 4.4 days in cash. Now typically, a typical organization is going to want to see that over 100 to be creditworthy. Okay, But we're viewed a little differently because when credit analysts look at us, they kind of classify us as a government entity. And government, even though we're not really, they tend to put us in that bucket. And so most organizations that do what we do, which is being a designated public hospital, uh, are sort of part of the county. And so when a credit agency looks at us or another similar organization, they say, oh, well, You know, you only have four days in cash, but you're part of the county. We know that they're creditworthy, so you know you're creditworthy. And then we have to say, Well, not really, because we're separate, okay? So the county actually is not going to stand behind us. So that's an interesting discussion. Um, And that's why this access to this line of credit is so important because we only have four days' cash on hand. So what that means is if we had no source of capital. In four days, we'd have to discontinue operations because we wouldn't be able to pay our bills. Okay. Um, the other um, liquidity ratio is called the current ratio, and what the current ratio is is uh, dividing current assets by current liabilities. So that's, in our case, two hundred forty-one million divided by one hundred and thirteen. So that's a little more than two. That's actually pretty good. When when a credit agency looks at an organization, they typically want to see one point seven five to two or higher, and we're higher than that, so we actually look pretty good on a current ratio. And the reason for that is we've done a pretty good job of getting our payables paid down, okay, and, and managing everything. Uh, then the other leverage, uh, other uh, ratio is called the leverage ratio or the capitalization ratio. And there's different ways of doing this, but the whole point of this is to sort of say what is the organization's ability to to access additional debt. Okay? And a simple way of doing that is that um, normally an organization can issue about as much debt as they have in equity. Okay? So in our case, we have $621 million of long-term debt and negative $300 million in equity. Okay? So that means that our our debt is already way way much higher than our equity even if we take out this pension stuff we're still way way over so what that means is that really on a standalone uh, um you know revenue pledge bonds we're just not in that market yet okay so that means that the access to credit that we do have would be anything that would be secured so we have to look to things that we own an asset like equipment or Sandland Hospital or other equipment that we've bought or things like that or maybe receivables that we could pledge and that would be the security on debt. So so essentially what this says is um, uh, on the liquidity basis we're, we're totally reliant on the county with its line of credit currently, although we're pretty current with our vendors and that looks pretty good, but our access to additional capital is very limited at this point. So that's the quick tutorial on the balance sheet. Okay? Good.
1: Um, and, and also and the liquidity is, is pretty good. So a, okay. so a, uh, so a short-term, so a, um, so the extent that anyone wants to lend money to us, they're going to look at it and say, you know, looks like you're in pretty good shape on the very short-term. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll lend you money on the short term.
3: Yeah. But well, you know, so, time. I mean, I think bonds are out. notwithstanding was saying the fact that yeah. the county was sort of prohibited by our authorizing legislation from issuing the bonds. Yeah, you know, but we'd have to go to a commercial bank uh, for mm-hmm. not you know non secured lending and and basically convince them that we have a good operating plan and strong positive cash yeah. flow and the ability to pay them back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, mm-hmm. Which is not out of the question.
1: Yeah, so I think I mean oh, I I think you're doing this already as part of the strategic financial plan, but you know understanding what we might need to do to become you yeah. know to become credit worthy. Yeah, in, in and, the, and uh, I think the other longer terms would be it, under
3: good to understand. Yeah. The other important thing for the, um, the board to understand is um, most organizations in our situation are part of a, a go- actual part of a government entity, and so the credit industry looks at them that way, and we're sort of an odd duck. You know, we're, 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 we're not really freestanding, we don't have the history of... You know, years of operating performance, we've built up a, a strong balance sheet. We have a we're a relatively new organization going back to 1998, um, and um, you know, we're, we're associated with the county. They have a lot of control. They they appoint the board. They they have uh, control over bylaw changes, but really, we don't have access to their balance sheet. Yeah. You know, so that's that puts us in a very it's it's a more difficult challenge than you know, other types of organizations that, that we might, you know, structures that we might have. Okay.
5: All right.
3: Um, Yes, I'm going to pass this over to you. I'll just come around. Dave, go ahead.
8: So I want to do a couple updates for you uh, today on the, on the, from the IS Um, perspective. First the, um, I want to report on the EHR long range plan. Uh, We are continuing to work on that plan and it uh, has been developed in December ready for review by the executive leadership team and then come back to you uh, probably in the month of February, probably send it out in January so you can review it. It's a, quite a lengthy document, so we'll get that out to you once it's reviewed. Uh, secondly, I wanted to share this, this Eddy project with you. So it's an ED information exchange process, and I want to share it because it's a, it's a bit unique. We're working with Sutter on this, uh, to really work with the underserved people in the in the East Bay area. So uh, this overview talks about what the problem is and really that a few number of people generate a lot of visits to the ED. And with that, we don't have information about what happens at the other EDs. So when a patient visits Sutter um, up in Berkeley, they get drugs, they get care, they may get a lot of testing done to them, and then they leave there and they come down to Highland and say... I, I hurt, I need help they get drugs, they get testing and we duplicate all those services sometimes those get denied, sometimes they're not covered at all uh, and so we re- repeat a lot of services and that's what happens here it's really poor utilization and really sub-optical clinical outcomes because there's no follow-up on these patients as they go from ED to ED so the idea with this is to move towards the next slide catch up Oh, I didn't know that was going to build. Um, so what we really want to do is reduce that unnecessary care uh, to improve our outcomes and reduce expenses. And, and we do that by communicating between the various EDs. Now, this is a bit unique in that different health systems are going to communicate with each other about what's happening in their EDs across the regional area. Uh, it's been done in other areas throughout the country, in the state of Washington. They have almost all of the EDs uh, using the system and communicating about when patients transfer back and forth. So this next slide kind of builds what happens in the process, uh, and I don't expect to walk through this whole thing for you, but just kind of talk about um, when a patient comes in and seen, we automatically send that information out to this exchange and say, this patient has appeared in our ED. They run that through their database and say, we know who that patient is, and we've got some information on them. Uh, It it is incumbent upon the various EDs to enter information into the system to say what about that patient has happened if there's any special circumstances. They shared one example from Washington where a patient was in an ED and destroyed some equipment. So they put that in the system saying this patient's potentially violent. And so when the patient appeared at the next ED, they were able to clear the room of equipment so the patient wouldn't recreate that behavior and destroy equipment at that location. So So it can share behavioral information as well as the clinical information about what's happening with the patient. Part of it is to help avoid drug-seeking behaviors and and get a patient back to their, get them into primary care where that can be managed more effectively uh, in the program. And then lastly, they're kind of really act on what the information is that is received on that. And and it happens through various different ways. In in the fourth column there, you can see it's, uh, it it can happen through an electronic EMR, it can be a web, it can happen through email, text messaging, or just a printed report. And so we're using a little of, of each of those. Uh, so, this project is actually sponsored by Sutter uh, Better Health East Bay, looking to really support that care of the indigent and underserved in the East Bay area. Uh, working with the uh, research development and dissemination department they've created, kind of on an innovation area, to say, how do we care for these patients in a different way than they're doing today? Because it's really disjointed care, and this ED project, as it's called, is what they came up with to do this, and dissemination gets at how do they encourage others to participate in this process. Uh, while Sutter could do it themselves and, and have some value from it, it's much more valuable the more, the more EDs that participate. The more, the better on this one. And so that's their idea here, disseminating to who sees the most of these patients, we do and they do. Uh, and so for us, uh, the pilot is to look at uh, Alta Bates uh, Medical Center, Summit Medical Center, the Summit Campus and the Ashby Campus to bring up those two EDs and to bring up the ED at Highland and the ED at San Leandro, because that's where we see this overlap of patients. Uh, we propose adding San Leandro because we see a lot of overlap in that care a- as we find out about patients that go back and forth, uh, but only anecdotally, not from a systems perspective, remember, because we're not tied together at those. So our physicians know that uh, we run a radiology test. Radiologists will go out and look and say, oh, I see, we did a study at San Leandro on this patient. And then they're like, well, wait a second. What's going on? And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. So we find it anecdotally as opposed to a systematic approach of how we do that. And that's the idea behind this project. So for us, we'll need to create registration interfaces for for both Sorian Financials and Meditech to send them into the database, uh, integrate that into our WellSoft system so a physician will actually, during their normal workflow, that information will be presented to them within WellSoft. Uh, and at San Leandro, since they're not on an electronic system, it will print to a printer in the ED, and the physician will review that or the practitioner will review that information while they treat the patient. Uh, for this, we, re- we received funding from the California Healthcare Foundation to support the Highland activities, and, and, and we're funding the, the project at San Leandro because we felt it was value. Our, our ED staff felt there was a lot of value in that, uh, and, the, and the price to do that was fairly inconsequential, as in like $6,000 uh, to add them to the system. So we, we move forward with that portion of it. Uh, in phase two of this, um, the idea from Sutter uh, Better Health East Bay is to include these other facilities with that to expand it into that group because they think that's going to give us uh, better support and, and, and we think this is where the patients are going to go next. Uh, once they show up at their ED and RED and don't get services they want, they can't get the drugs they want because we're using the system, they'll seek out these other EDs because they'll know they'll be able to get it at those locations because they're not part of the system. And so it'll help reduce care there, and then in phase three, these are the hospitals they see less integrated or less connected to the other EDs where patients would would seek that behavior. But it's kind of that next that next ring of EDs to be included. So that's the kind of the update on the Eddy project and where this is going. We're pretty excited about this. It's our first venture with Sutter uh, on doing anything from a technology standpoint to bring it together and, and collaborate on data, and do that. And so we're we're. Um this opens the door for other discussions about how we might communicate better on our patient interchange. And
2: then getting the um, um, once you get the license for Highland um, and what's the kind of training that's needed for the staff to like implement this?
8: Yeah for for Highland, because we're integrating it directly into Wellsoft, it'll be a report that presents to the physician. So, it's, so there's fairly small amount of training that will be needed there. Uh, from a case management perspective, that's where there'll be a little more, right? Because that's the behaviors of the patient that they're mm-hmm. observing and they want to enter into the system about what's happened there. So, it is, it is a part of the project that includes uh, training for the staff on how to use the Eddy system to support the patient care.
2: And do you anticipate add-ons and other things that are potentially, like, will will lead to more you know money um cost um it that depends on us
8: so so there's potential then to add on to this uh, a notification out to the primary care provider that your patient has presented in an ed so if a patient is in one of our care programs at, at one of our um clinics then we could notify that clinic that a patient presented to Sutter um in the you know for future presented at Eden to 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 seek drug behaviors and they're going to We'll be notified that, get them back into the primary care to say what's going on, what's changing, you know, what's different for you that's not being handled through our normal process of your primary care visits, and get them back to the primary care setting. Great in support of what's happening with uh, GPP and Prime, right, to get those patients back to their patient center medical home to get their services there in the lower cost setting than at the, at the EDs. So that's a, that's a future option for us as we look at population health. Uh, care management across the continuum that the system helps support that.
1: Okay. Um, so you have a lot of things on your plate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, s- starting with I guess the EHR, which um, kind of zipped by in the beginning. I'll ask a few questions about that later, but so sure. got that. Um, I mean, heard from David about you know, there's a lot of. Um, Needs a lot of systems help with respect to revenue, and so I I hear this, and it sounds great, exciting, sounds useful. Not quite clear how useful, (laughs) but useful. Um, I mean, is this? um, Are you able to do this and do all the other things you need to do?
8: Yeah, this is about a six-week project Uh, to implement this. The interfaces are pretty straightforward. Interface to Wellsoft has already occurred; Uh, they've done it at other places, so so it's fairly simple for us to plug this in. Obviously. There's work to be done. Right? It okay. doesn't happen by itself. But we think this fits into our project plans well uh, and our resources.
1: Um, okay. And then I'm just thinking, so, we, so a patient shows up here and we enter their data into the system and then people set or concede and what are the privacy issues?
8: Yeah. Um, w- when it goes back here, there, there's a key step here on, on, in column four <coughs> there. If the visit triggers a preset criteria. Then the hospital gets notified. So not every patient shows up, they're going to get a report that says this patient was everywhere else. It, it's got to mm-hmm. meet specific criteria on time frames between visits, the types of care that was handled and, and the criteria they set in this to say mm-hmm. this person looks like a frequent user. Uh, okay. More than just every patient comes in, they're going to get a report on everybody.
1: Okay. But nevertheless, I mean the patient who is flagged as a frequent visitor and um, I mean, Regardless of whether it gets reported, I mean we're taking information and making it available for others to view. And um, I don't understand you know the patient privacy well enough other than to think that um, there's a privacy issue that we just need to be confident that we don't have.
8: <laughs> if they were not treating the patient and they yep. went out searching for information on patients, that mm-hmm. would be a violation of the Privacy okay. Act. Because they are caring for the patient, they have a right to see all information about the patient. That's been covered clearly by health okay. information. There are yeah, uh, HIPAA yeah. exceptions about okay. uh, uh, exchange of information relative
4: to uh, furtherance of patient care as well as um, uh, billing and things like that. So, okay. and and I. I I think I I heard Dave say this, uh, uh, but this project was actually, I mean, it's a new thing for us in the Mm -hmm. East Bay. Uh, The Sutter actually uh, sort of co-opted the idea from the entire state of Washington Mm -hmm. that all the uh, providers there uh, got together and did uh, this, agreed to do this uh, for the furtherance of patient care and resource utilization uh, uh, on the
1: clinical side. Okay. Um, Um, Let's get back to EHR. Sure. What's the bill going to be for that, do you think?
8: Um, <laughs> I, I'm not prepared to give you numbers today. You know, we've, we've floated numbers around 100 to 300 million over a 10-year period mm-hmm. for that. We're still in that maybe 100 to 200 million now as we, as we begin down the path of looking at that. We, we have proposals with us, but those haven't been vetted completely on what's the okay. total cost of that ownership. And we, I have hard dollar costs, but not mm-hmm. w- what are the subsequent staffing that we need to add on our side to support all of that project.
1: Okay. So that's, it's uh, still
8: early on that.
1: That's quite a good deal of money. So when you come back, you'll tell us about um, yeah, where I, you found it. Well, oh, it, we it. put it
8: into the long-range financial <laughs> plan uh, and, it, and it's not all up front because mm-hmm. you know, some of that turns into operating expense later on in the period which we're already spending today on our systems that we have today. There's, there's ongoing operating expense that we have. what we have now that gets replaced by the new system. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think the conversation is going to be not just how much money, but what else you know, if what's, what's, you know, what else gets pushed in the process, and that sometimes we think something is a magic bullet and it's not. Like, you can get the licenses but they don't all speak to each other. You still have to do this and that and that to make it happen. So there's a lot of... Still, the conversations and decisions that we'll have to have with with you about this. Yeah. So,
8: yeah. so the, we're working down yeah. the path of a physician-driven process, and we're we're in the process mm-hmm. of creating the selection committee now on that on the uh, to work. So we're not waiting to start the project until all of the plan comes through uh, to get the project moving to meet a June mm-hmm. 30 completion date.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, really I mean, we really to need to really get this do. done. So don't yes. take my questions as no, being no. like I don't think we, this is a good idea. But um, you know, it's just. The, um, you know, the 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 challenge here, of course, is um, you know one of the constraints always is margin, and you know I, th- I think that the historically our plans have reflected you know inadequate levels of margin or inadequate levels of um, of capital, uh, and so this is certainly a uh, you know big add-on to the capital requirements. So we're going to need to find funding sources for that. Um, I don't think we can just send out bigger bills. So no. <laughs> I, I say that in jest <laughs> because I know we cannot. Uh so anyway, um I, I think that when you do come to the committee we need to you know we we, we need to sort that out mm-hmm. among many other topics. Yeah, and
8: that, as I said, we we've included it in a long range financial plan so it's not Good. out there separate from everything else we're working
1: on. Right, I, I understand. Yeah. But um so, I I'm think we'll be drawing yeah. parts of the strategic financial plan in <laughs> to, um, to talk about that. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um, Wait. Are we on the, oh, we're on the budget process now. Was, was there anything else, Dave, was there anything else to say?
8: I did have one more yes. item to, to um, inform the Finance Committee about. We, we did receive an audit request from the auditors the for meaningful use for Alameda Hospital. So we're responding to that. Uh, I don't foresee any difficulties in us getting all the information together and submitted mm-hmm. by the due date, which is January 26th. Uh, I've added to the board report for this week. So, you'll, But I had this opportunity with you. I thought we'd let you know. Okay. And, and Rick Kibler is involved with us uh, on that process yes. as a... As a audit procedure uh, to review all of the data we have to submit to to ensure success in the okay. audit okay okay in the defense of our attestation which happened before we affiliated with alameda hospital so we're, we're still going back it. to find yeah, we're still yeah. on the hook okay. but to go back the people that did it aren't there anymore and so we're having to go back and find what they did and recreate some of the data and and pick up the ball to make sure we're good okay but well, they did a good job
1: okay good all right
2: And Dave, for the full board meeting, business meeting, can I request that if you could give us just a short uh, thing about the ICD-10 and what you see as some of the issues with reimbursement early things you're seeing, even if it's a one line, two lines, what is it, you know, we know we were all watching through the transition Mm -hmm. and all of that, Mm if there are... System things and other deficiencies that you're seeing in process it would be good to hear about it.
8: Yeah, I think we are seeing some, and I think Dave mentioned it in his report. Right, there's a few things with our charge master that's not that's not mapping out correctly. Uh, we know the payers have not completed their ICD-10 conversion yet. Medicaid, Medical specifically, is doing ICD-9 payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a conversion from ICD-10 back to ICD-9 to do those payments to get them out to us. So they're not delaying payments, but they are. There's an additional process to go through. So not a lot of other stuff other than what they've mentioned in the, in the financial plan already of, of how ICD-10 has delayed some payments, slowed things down a bit, I think, but not uh, we're not seeing significant changes in our case mix index, which is a measurement of how the coding is done uh, in that. So that looks pretty consistent. Okay. I actually improved a little bit uh, over last year uh, from ICD-9 to ICD-10. Um, so, so in far of how ICD-10 itself is going, okay, billing side some bumps.
2: Okay, that actually helps to
3: know that from our end things are going to work out. Originally um we uh we wanted to come in with the first draft of the financial plan. But we're getting into it and finding it's just much more complex than that. And more importantly, it needs to be coordinated with the strategic plan. So there's really kind of three things going on at the same time, strategy, financial plan, and budgeting. And um, although we're not prepared to to bring in the financial plan today, we do think it's time to start talking about the budget process and get that kicked off. So uh, we wanted to do uh, several things with you tonight. Uh, The first would be to talk about um, process improvement, based on feedback that we've received from the board. And Davekia is going to cover that. I've got another slide on that. Um, We want to talk about the planning calendar, so how the the process is going to work and what you can expect. Uh, Then I wanted to review um, what we did last year and sort of how that is turning out. And then finally, do kind of a tutorial on how to go about target setting. What is it we're asking you to do uh, in sort of a learning environment without actually making the decision. Uh, Okay? So, uh, to start with, uh, let's talk about uh, process improvement. And again, I'm going to turn it over to Delvecchio. So... uh
4: Uh, i haven 't talked much today. this is good um, all right uh, so as as uh, David was saying, as we were getting into uh the the nuts and bolts of the plan uh, the financial plan uh and, and looking at also where we are in the uh, the year relative to the budget we we definitely want to. Uh, well, we realized that the plan we needed to continue to to work on and those details and lining them up with a strategic plan. So there's more work to come on that. So we would just focus on the budget because it's important that we are getting into the meat of the order from the process. So I just uh, remind you, and this may be in one of uh, David's slides too, that uh, uh, we presented a financial sort of a planning calendar uh, that looked at things like getting uh, operational um, um, uh, volume statistics based off in projections based off of current performance and then how those then feed into creating, uh, financial targets, EBIT margins and operating margins that then feed into strategic planning and what those things would be to actually achieve those financial targets. But the things that, uh, we wanted to talk about from the get go was just basic, making sure that we reflected the feedback that we got from, uh, uh the trustees and, uh, the leadership too, with respect to, um, uh, last year's budget and, and then make sure that you uh, appreciate then, one, that we capture that all, that, the, but then that, that translates to us uh, having a budget process this year that addresses all of those things. So, uh, One of the things I heard uh, from a lot of um, um, trustees was that uh, there was certainly this time last year um, an understanding and appreciation at the beginning and throughout the budget process that um, the current status of the finances for the organization necessarily uh, needed some belt tightening, obviously, and and that the leadership was um, uh, uh, instructed to to Act on that in that way, um, but I think, uh, given both uh, sort of the timeline from when the final budget did come to back to the trustees, and then some of the uh, delays that may have happened that led up to that lateness, um, uh, there was an, a, a feeling at the end of the, that um, it, it wasn't quite palpable how much the budget itself was driven by a broader set of organizational values, including, of course, financial um, uh, stewardship and responsibility, but certainly the you know the the community we serve the pro- program that we uh, um, uh, continue to provide, some of the things that, if you'll recall, were, were slated to be eliminated, things like that. It just wasn't clear what that connection was as the feedback I heard from some of the trustees uh, uh, between the core values and the uh, and the values of the organization to how the budget process um Uh, how the budget actually finally shaped out. So, uh, we are making sure, uh, um, and, and I don't want to suggest that that wasn't the case last year, but I think that there was a sense that perhaps that wasn't. And so we just want to make sure that, you know, that this year that is in fact, um, uh, the case and will continue to be the case that we are looking at both the things that we are, um, uh, we'll be looking at for next year's budget, but also uh, with the strategic plan that really reflect what are the needs of the community we serve what how does that um, um, line up with the mission and the values and vision of the organization so that's kind of the baseline for everything we'll do uh, um, that drives uh, drives from here so so that first uh, bullet is really about making sure that 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 you understand that that's a feedback that the management has got, that we will make sure that that actually happens. Uh, operational targets should be reasonable. So I've heard uh, both uh, um, during the budgeting process and, and afterwards with the actual budget, that there's great consternation around whether, um, particularly given where we were at that time last year, whether the operational targets for the organization, as uh, uh, agreed to uh, um, by the finance committee, is what I understand. But but what got promulgated for the budget and uh, pushed forward then from the organization, whether or not they were realistic. All right, so uh, going from negative performance then to going to you know marginal but still a positive margin, which was. Essentially Slightly 100% turnaround from where we were uh, last year. Whether that that was particularly realistic, so. Um we did have a plan to achieve that budget. I think that you, you, as David has uh, said and and has been showing, uh, particularly in the early goings, but still year to date, the performance has improved. We are better than we were last year. We're not quite where that budget had expected us or, or uh, slated for us to be, whether we look at revenue. Well, revenue was still positive but because of uh, supplemental, but certainly on the expense side, so some of the initiatives we were doing for cost reduction, uh, some of the other process improvement efforts for the organization um, uh, haven't quite matured. Materialized to the level of um, uh, expense management that we had, had hoped to achieve at this point, but. Um you know there is there is certainly improvement as we discussed earlier from where we were. Uh, so we're working on uh, using that intelligence, um, the feedback that we've gotten, the structures we put in place, and the um, the um, uh, the rigor around where we can look at where those opportunities are in such a greater degree of granularity than we were able to do last year to then inform the targets that we'll uh, propose for your uh, uh, adoption, promulgation, uh, 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 direction setting for us for. The year's budget or for next year's budget i should say uh and then to that end uh uh, the other big point was you know adequate time to review it and so as we've talked about, um, uh, we are producing a budget calendar that I'll be able to give to you uh, either via one of our weekly updates or um, in the next um, um, either board meeting or uh, full board or finance committee which will lay out our expectation that you will get essentially what I have described before as sort of a two-step approach to this. So um, the budget is effective in July. We'll bring the budget to you in May. Uh, We will have then a sort of first reading of the budget where the focus of this, committee and, and probably then the budget or board committee will be largely on the the finer details of the budget and really understanding that uh, with at that point no expectation that the board would vote to uh, approve or reject or uh, in any way sort of take action on the budget and then that gives you that meeting to hear it, uh, the rest of the you know the intervening weeks to digest it to ask questions, those sorts of things, uh, and then we would reintroduce it as a action item uh, for the full board in the June meeting where you've had time and obviously we've wh- whether there's some modifications that occur from that initial president budget to the final we'd be presenting those changes if those are necessary, and then it'd be an action item asking for the board to approve so so we'll work on uh, uh, that um, timeline and show you what that looks like, and then all the steps, and, and have you, have you uh, uh, hopefully accept that or um, um, offer modifications to that process. Okay? Thoughts?
1: Okay. Uh, this is great. This is great. Um, I think, you know, as I reflect on the process from last year, which I personally thought was, you know, given where we were at, was really quite good. Um, uh, you know, one of the challenges is when you're in a—I um, mean, we're really in a turnaround mode at that point, um, and the finance guys tend to take over, so it tends to be a more financially driven budget than anything else. But having said that, I, th- I think that you know there, there were a lot of opportunities not only for this committee but for the full board to understand what was going on and weigh in. I'm not sure, and I'll take accountability for this—you uh, know, as the chair—that I'm not sure that it was always clear to the full board. And that's a that that was what was going on and so i think that what we one of the things we need to do is for example as we say we bring to the full board here are the budget targets is you know find a way to really engage the board so that they're they, okay this is what it means this is why we're doing this now mm-hmm. this you know this is how input can be constructively yeah, you know, this is how we can have a constructive conversation. Yeah, so, fair
4: point, actually. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and I should actually have qualified if I didn't. Uh, uh, I was just pointing out where the opportunities were, but yeah. by and large, uh, uh, there was mixed feedback from the trustees. That many thought and and did appreciate uh, that there was a marked improvement uh, from uh, prior budgeting processes in last year's budget process, and uh, I should say that members of management felt that way as well. Um, um, you know. Clearly, like you said, we were in a very uh, thick of a turnaround process. Mm -hmm. In point of fact, we still are in a process, certainly in a different position than we were uh, last year. Uh, But you're right, while there was uh, a great influence and... um, uh, sort of guidance on the financial side relative to the target. Um, actually, uh, the, the actual budget itself was operationally uh, uh, driven. Uh, and so um, uh, that may not have come through to some trustees as well. And so yeah. we'll, we'll work on that and that gets to the first point as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the AHS did not have a plan to achieve the budget. I mean, I think there was a plan. Right. It may not have come out as much. I think right. one of the things that we did do well, at least in committee, was we had the you know the uh, operators come up and actually present their budgets but it's kind of like it's i think it's in my sense it's a matter of more you know doing you know doing what we did more and better exactly but, um, but like i said i take some i take some accountability for you know well, We appreciate that. that so there <laughs> thank you so well
6: again just in a similar vein but maybe in a little different way of presenting it it seemed last year that We were starting right about this time last year. We were told over and over again that uh, all the committee heads were getting together and all these resources were being brought together and a lot of effort was going to be put in to bring us a budget that would be realistic and would be something we could (coughs) rely upon and move forward with. Um, It seemed that the process got bogged down and so sometime in mid-June we were presented with finally presented with something that was said to be the the um, result of all of this effort. And I think everyone, the board was different at that point in time. We had several different people who have since left the board, but the consensus at that time among the board as I read it was that we felt that it was uh, not a realistic budget because uh, we were proposing dramatic changes or reductions in expense and dramatic increases in income when um the, the real world didn't seem that was that was going to happen and um, i think it would be better and I, I know everybody's tired of me saying this but i think it would be better if we were going to do that again that we communicate that to the board of supervisors very clearly that you know we are trying to cover the needs of the community but we only have so much money and we only have so many ways to do it and um We, as business people, do not believe we have the adequate funds or the adequate cash flow to do it, so that we don't get in a situation where, like, between July 1st of this year and December, I mean, last year in December of last year, uh, we have significant variations from this budget, and it, it would tend to appear that we didn't think it out. Gadsby was a big one. There were some other big items. I understand the difference between profit and cash flow and all those things. But it seemed when we came crashing to December, we were uh, uh, short of cash. We were reducing our payments to our creditors. We were using that money to reduce our debt. We were going to the county for uh, money by asking them to prepay us or pay us in advance of when we thought we were going to be paid. And by some miracle, we made it under the under the uh, guideline that we had to reach by the end of the year. I'm just, that's my impression. I think it it might be better and and might do do more for our credibility if we were sure that the whole board of supervisors understood our dilemma. I I understand there's a committee that uh, represents the board, but I also understand that the board has many, many things to worry about. Yes. uh, And that I don't know that they, uh, communicate between themselves uh, in light of that, because they all have many social and economic issues that they must deal with, and so consequently, when um, they do not fully understand our limitations and the, and what we can do or not do, when something goes seriously wrong, uh, the board is seen as the uh, as the reason for it going wrong, not not the demands of society or the unavailability of money. It seems like we are viewed as not doing a good job. So it might be best to uh, communicate to the full board. Uh, it's my little story about sending your kid to the grocery store with $2 and asking him to buy $3 of groceries. Mm-hmm. You know, That's just how we are. Yeah. And not getting mad at the child when he comes only back with $2 worth of groceries. So I... Um, I do think uh, we have to acknowledge the limitations of the communication that we have available to the board, and possibly we need to uh, communicate directly with each member of the board as to what we can do and what we can't do, because at some point in time, somebody has to make the decision to either give us more money or give us less responsibility, because if nothing else, the last two years have demonstrated we don't have enough money. To do everything we need to do. So again, I I, uh, I would just like to see that component because I think it would strengthen ultimately our relationship with the board, and we would become more like partners in that they would understand we're doing the best we can, but we can only do so much with the two dollars.
1: <laughs> well said, Tony. I, I
4: I would. Well said. I would echo that sentiment um, I you know apologies to the chair and the trustees that there's uh, there's a lot of overlap in, in the the topics that we have so we may get to certain parts maybe it'd be good for timing but we'll get certain parts of the agenda and say we just discussed that so there's not more uh, I want to uh, give it back to David but before I do that I'll just say uh, as I said I echo uh, 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 trustee Luginani's uh, well-set uh, comment to you uh, we are uh, and I was going to say this in the uh, the part of uh, what we discuss. The debt agreement, but uh, we uh, we are planning right now a, a or, or getting. Um, querying calendars for a joint meeting between uh, the full board and this full board. Um, That comes out of two things. One, or three things, I just say. One is the need to discuss the final terms that we might come to on the debt agreement. Uh, The 338, which is the designation for the federally qualified health centers and uh, what we might need to do from a governance perspective there. We finally have the feedback from the federal government. Uh, And then the third thing is, oh, the bylaws. And so you've been getting feedback from me and Trustee Lawrence about how those discussions have been going. Uh, A lot of, one big component of that is setting up more frequent engagements between the joint boards, uh, as well as there's some administrative engagements that we're putting in place as well. So so I think there will be, I hope, and I'm optimistic that there will be uh, greater ability uh, for full engagement of the full Board of Supervisors amongst this group and this organization so that there is better understanding and appreciation of what the challenges are, what the uh, um, successes have been, and what you know what we're continuing to, to need some help with. And so I, I hope that, to your point, we're able to get broader um, Shared appreciation uh, uh, from the Board of Supervisors with respect to what we 're attempting to do and 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 how we can you know strengthen the partnership to get that done. Uh, we can do that both through that discussion but certainly as it materializes uh, in the budget as well
2: um, i 'd like to add that you know i 'm really glad that we have this so visually laid out about the process and i 've been uh, part of the um, Finance Committee, and we've had so many substantive discussions about that. I think the the kind of uh, gist of what some of the trustees really felt was also the fact that because it was such a turnaround time, and with you know, you have, we have to aim high to be able to get like to the 80% at least, but in the year moving forward, a lot of us felt some trepidation about it, going from a minus 2.6 to a 6 just seemed like so... You know, uh, yeah, lofty. And uh, so, so for this budget process, it would be much nicer to be able to get behind it and say this is realistic. Like, you know, because for three, four, five years, we keep making projections that we can't, Fulfill, or we, we 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 you know we are off. So uh, and we and I can understand why we had to do that. To do that to make you know when you're in that turnaround mode, you have to sometimes aim really high. Be be all about where you can do the revenues and where you can cut costs. In this one, it it would be a little bit more measured because I think a lot of the trustees at the full board level or at the committee level did have that sense that this is a little. Like over, uh, you know, overly, ambitious. O- overly
4: yeah. ambitious. Okay, I think that's a fair point. I think the, the global um, uh, word I'll take away is is uh, I was going to say be conservative, but I don't think you said say current conservative, but but more measured uh, uh, as we work on uh, on next year's budget and, and come to you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, where with one, I'll, I'll add one, make one observation. Where if we are more measured. That, and I, I think that's a wise thing to do. Um, you know, something always gives, so we may discover that. <laughs> you know,
4: right? Uh, uh, an operating uh, margin of this uh, magnitude only gets you this much capital, and so that well, means you can only do X. It goes uh, back
1: to Tony's comment of yeah, um, having that. we, that, we you yeah, got two dollars. We yeah. may walk. We may come back home with two dollars worth of groceries. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. But we'll see. All right.
4: So we'll be bringing more to come. This is just an update to tell you where we're where working on this, but David,
3: will keep going. Okay. Sorry. Uh, let me also add, <clears throat> add my thanks for the feedback, and we're always trying to improve the process. Um, <clears throat> this is the, the basic schedule that you can expect. Um, <clears throat> so here we are in January, and uh, we're talking tonight about the process, about the targets. We're not actually going to set those until next month. We're going to ask you to uh management has some work to do on this between now and then uh but we are going to come to the budget oversight committee on uh the 22nd of this month with um, a discussion of the targets that so and the and the capital budget and everything else uh and then initiate department manager training on the budget so that they know how to complete that um, when we uh show up next month we're going to really going to we're going to talk about the ebitda target it's important because it does need to be realistic we want to give you the capital expenditures, uh, the detail. I'm not going to give it to you tonight. I'm going to give you the total request, which is about $60 million, but not the detail because it really requires a lot of review and we want the management team to have a chance to vet that as well. Um, so uh, after uh, you folks uh, make a decision or endorse what you, the direction you want us to go, the Budget Oversight Committee is going to meet again. And, and by the way, the Budget Oversight Committee is uh, composed of the entire senior management team plus... Um, four or five other key people that have to be involved in this and make these decisions, uh, and it's actually been um, very effective over the last year at keeping us on track and dealing with various issues. Uh, but at, at that point, we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna, gonna convert the um, the targets into detailed departmental budgets. We're gonna see if we're close. If we're not. We're going to try to come up with internal ways that we think we're going to uh, fix that. And then we're going to distribute the budget out to the managers to start working on it. And then over the period, March and April, this is basically internal review, um, managers working, there being departments, being, uh, budgets being reviewed by uh, senior executives, budget oversight committees solving any gaps. And then we're going to bring this back to you in May and June with... Detailed budget reviews for not only the finance committee, but we invite the entire board to be present this time. full review in May, full review in June, so that you've got you know all the time to ask questions uh, about that and then uh, we want to get it approved in June and then start July with the new budget so that's basically what we're going to try to do. Questions on that good, okay. Now I, I want to take. Whoa, 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 okay. Whoa. okay. Okay. Your reflexes are faster than mine. Yeah. Uh, Boom. That's okay. Um.
1: You might, you know, just given the level of, I think, trusty feedback, mm-hmm. you might want to include an inform. I, I would do two things. One is you know, you probably want to, you know, give Evacu like, your slide. And maybe this slide, yeah. and I'm not sure what else is going to come, but you know, at the next at the next board meeting.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, and the thing I'm, uh, and I, I may have neglected yeah. to mention is we're going to give uh, updates at every finance committee, so it's it's going to be on the agenda every time. Every time. good.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, the full board.
1: we'll, we'll talk about
3: okay. what you just talked
1: about to the full board whenever oh, sure. we meet. Great. In January.
3: Love
1: it. And you might want to just have a. Um, well, we're going to talk about the targets. I think we should talk about the targets at the
3: upcoming
1: board meeting.
3: Uh, okay. just we Yeah, we want the the oversight committee, senior management, to review it on the 22nd. Oh, that's, is that when we do our retreat? Or, no, it's, or it's then, a separate meeting. But when's the,
1: okay. Then soon, then February. Yeah, but, no, but It, may, so it then, may work out.
3: Well, it
4: depends on how much work we have. To do. <laughs> yeah. When is the post For the business oh, so.
3: okay. yeah. I mean, we could we could have a conceptual well, right.
1: discussion. Well, or, or then we do it in February. Then, the the, the okay. point is to give the full, given the level of interest, to give the full board mm-hmm. exposure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. you know, rather okay. than later. So yeah. it's like, yeah. look, this is what we're going for. Yes. Um, I agree with that. Okay. And I think, you know, and even if you hear the same stuff again, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you want more or less more rather than less engagement on this yeah. one. I well, I would agree. Totally.
6: Just just as just again as for food for thought, but anyway, something that would be helpful to the board to understand. If the budget comes to us and we don't agree with it, <clears throat> I believe we have the power to not approve it. And then yeah. what yeah. happens if we don't approve it?
4: If 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 on balance the board doesn't improve it so the board rejects it well wow I, uh,
3: hopefully they'd give us feedback on what they'd like to see and, and yeah, we I mean, keep working it till you so have comfortable with it
4: yeah there will be no I mean, uh, again we would hope that any things that you don't uh, agree with and don 't like what we called out in the first one, so that that gives us an opportunity to amend and make adjustments as as, uh, as feasible to actually come back to address those concerns, so that when we came back it wouldn 't be here 's a budget you heard about it, great digest it we 're coming back and you know and and you <clears throat> ask you to look at that same budget and approve it unless you had no issues with it. That would be the sort of ideal scenario, uh, but the expectation or the, at least the uh, provision that this allows us to do is is when you hear about it in may we don't need an approval in may so you can actually say well what about this doesn't make sense Does it make sense mm-hmm. what are you doing there can you you should go back and look at that and it gives us time to do it so that when we come back in june we can say we addressed this we addressed that we couldn't address this we couldn't address that but here's where everything shakes out and now you get to say yeah nay, uh up or down on the budget if you don't approve it then then we we basically go into the next year without an approved budget congress does it all the time (laughs) so we'd have to figure out what that meant for the organization from a reporting perspective that creates an auditing perspective creates creates a few challenges but uh but you know basically you'd be saying to us as management you haven't done your job we don't like it and i would hope (laughs) That would be a pretty big indictment on my part that, that the majority of the trustees, I mean, I I don't hold out the the prospect that uh, there may be, you know, some people who still are uncomfortable with the budget and don't like it or don't like some of the provisions. But I would hope on balance that there's at least a majority of the, the board who thinks it's the right direction and we've been talking enough that we would get there. So so I, I hope the risk of that would be low at that point, but, you know, but what, that's what, what would happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that's
6: it. Well, what if, in lieu
4: of that, what if we
6: were to say, we want the budget to reflect we're going to lose $40 million. We're not going to make money. We're going to lose $40 million. And that's our way of communicating it up the chain of command that we don't have the money to do what we're being asked to do. If If we have a budget that shows a loss, can we do that? Uh, if we act, you know, I'm trying to presume, yeah. say we would yeah, really we're going to have this loss. Yeah, we're yeah not legally, to make a point. We're, we're just we're trying requ- to be honest.
3: Legally, we're required to report um, our plans once a year to the county. It's right. part of the requirement of the debt agreement. It doesn't say that it's got to be a positive budget. Right. Um, yeah. You I think, Mike. <laughs>
7: you know, a- actually, there is language in the bylaws which relates to the approval of the budget, and I don't recall right off the top of my head if it's approval of a balanced budget, but it does require the board to approve a budget for the organization.
4: So, yeah. but, but as I, I say, one uh, uh, would presume that needs to happen before the actual year in question. So, so mm-hmm. I think there should be something there. But to your point, if you wanted a if you wanted the budget, if the board wanted the budget to show a loss, then that happens at the point in which we establish targets. And then it would be an interesting process to sh- then go through the process of actually creating a budget that then will demonstrate that loss. Maybe, but I guess it wouldn't be terrible yeah, to You an interesting point. I mean, we could research it. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, why don't we, I mean, well. And discuss it with best? the county I mean, in advance. I, I agree with, well, okay, so first of all, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have, I mean, the board doesn't have to approve a budget. Huh. Well, it doesn't have to approve your budget. Um, it has to approve a budget that we. Well, we could just sit around deadlocked. That wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> no. Um, not. So, for that, I think I would ask Mr. Moy to think about that, and hopefully, that's a th- completely theoretical thing. I hope so. Um, um, you know, as to. Good. I, I just say good questions, but why don't why do you go make a good budget that we can all agree with? <laughs> that, that, and that's where I rather focus my energy. Fair <laughs> well, um, point. point. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, yeah. listen for
4: me. If you know, um, it would be pretty damning. Uh, but that's okay. Where are you
1: going, Tony?
6: Well, no, my, where I'm going is if say don't say we don't Duly believe noted. that the income is going to be what's being projected. Yes and we say, you know, we just, based upon what we've seen over the last couple of years, we aren't going to have Highland produce that much money or we're <coughs> whatever. In some reason, we are convinced there isn't going to be enough money to do what we're being asked to do,
4: from mm-hmm.
6: either from outside sources or from people coming into the hospital and getting services. Okay. Uh, it would seem that we have an obligation to the society and to the Board of Supervisors to mm-hmm. vote as we believe it's going to happen. So it might be we have to vote that it's going to, we are not going to make money, we're going to lose money. And I just want yeah. to be sure that that is something is appropriate before we start down this budget process. So, Because sometimes we're given the impression we don't have a choice but to approve a budget of some sort. And a budget, whether we are convinced the data going into it is correct or not correct. I think that's what was happening last year is that we felt the projections of income were un- unrealistic in light of the demonstrated income in the two prior mm-hmm. years. And we felt that the concerns with the changes in in insurance coverages and the availability of people to go to other facilities was going to affect us. Sure. And, and, you know, if we continue to have that belief, it, it may be that uh, there could be a thought of having a budget that showed a loss. Okay.
4: Well, as, you know, I think you've given us an interesting project, uh, but you know, obviously, uh, this will be the we could have the same discussion at the full board level because at the end of the day, it's the the, the uh, I guess the majority of the board uh, who's who's uh, which that that. Whatever that is, that is what will sort of carry the day with respect to our marching orders. But I hope that uh, as we talk to you and you talk to each other, we would have uh, some coalescing of our thoughts around what a you know a budget would look like again as i always say budget is a set it's a it's a document that's a set of assumptions that says based on our best judgment this is how the world will play out but that is an educated guess right it's not just a random guess and so so i hope that we can find something that the majority of you if not all of you uh, would support and agree to whether that is on the negative side of the ledger or positive side
7: well, actually, it will be on the balance side of the ledger. The, the bylaws require that you adopt a balanced budget
1: each year. Balanced budget? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Okay. A- as in it comes to zero, the profit? Yeah. Is that what's meant by balanced? Well, yes. Well, yes, at least. Oh, okay, so zero or greater? Yes. I see. Yes. Okay.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, again what what if we can't do that what if what if we cannot get ourselves in a position where it will be zero or greater
7: well yeah i suppose that yes. yeah that you know it is a practical matter it it seems that that's You know, it would just require whatever adjustments are required to make it a balanced budget. Whether it's improving the revenue forecast or, you know, uh, uh, reducing the expense forecast or or taking whatever steps are necessary. But the bylaws require that it be balanced, Um, and that's what the basically the obligation of the board is is to adopt a balanced budget. So,
1: so okay. So if. So, for example, if we became convinced that we were going to be losing money with the with the with a particular plan, then we would need then the board then the management uh, would need to come back with a proposal you, to you, you of how need, we would we would need that. to do, simply keep coming back with a plan uh, that was balanced, at least, it's at balanced. least. Yeah. Um, that the that a majority of the board could vote for, yes, okay. That's, that's what it sounds like. You know. um, well, I don't want to. Okay, why don't we? Is that, no, again, okay. we don't have to solve that tonight. Right. Right. <laughs> that, that is a. No, that's really. a that. Okay, uh, so there's the answer, um, okay. and, and I just note that um, you know, the board and this committee with roughly this configuration. Um, you know, has said no to things in the recent past, um, you know, of a fairly material nature. So I have every confidence that we will continue to do so. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, when it when it makes sense and and without doing, you know, driving everyone crazy, I just think having a little bit more board involvement or engagement early okay uh, would be um, yeah we'll, would be helpful and beneficial i
4: agree and i appreciate that yeah. we'll we'll add those into the calendar and we'll right. we'll uh, begin with the january board meeting and what we'll give uh, uh some version of this update yeah. for the rest yeah, of i the
1: think just well. like your slide and that slide and that should yeah. unless something else is really exciting that we see
4: okay cool okay. thanks
3: okay i'm gonna accelerate the pace a little bit <clears throat> but you've seen these slides before. This, this next two were actually from last year in January. This is where we were last year. We were in crisis. We were, as Trustee Varney pointed out, not able to pay the bills. We couldn't get the county to give us money. Uh, we were actually in jeopardy of not making payroll <clears throat> a couple of times in a row. Uh, and management got together and presented this um, uh, high-level turnaround plan to you, um, uh, which I'm not going to go through all the details, but it's basically represented in this document, which is in your package, and I will mm-hmm. summarize. I'm not going to go through all the numbers, obviously, but but basically we said, okay, here's where we are in 2015. Let's project how it looks. And at the time, we said we we're going to lose about $27 million. And then we said, if this continues, uh, given all the assumptions into 2016, we're probably going to lose about 57 million, and we said, "Gee, that's probably not what <clears throat> uh, de- the desired outcome." So let's do something different. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to we're going to make some immediate cost reductions. And I I'm, must be losing my mem- my sight, but it's about 20 million dollars. And we actually did that. We actually went in and know, we got exactly 20 million. But we we made some cost reductions right there. Uh, then we said. We're going to implement med assets. And based on what we knew at the time, we thought we could reduce expenses by about $40 million annualized. Now, you're going to see tonight we only got about 13 or 14 Okay, so we fell short there. Um, and then we said we're going to do revenue cycle, and we're going to improve it by about $23 million and then some other minor stuff. Uh, but that was going to get us to a positive margin. And this is the actual target that... You folks set in January of last year. Now maybe that was aggressive, um, and then I've added this. This is actually where we ended up in June of last year. And so the difference here is that the um, uh, we wanted to have expenses of. I'm trying to. I, I'm going to have to pull this out because I can't read it. I'm really sorry. Uh. <laughs> Okay, there we go. So we wanted to have expenses of uh, 817 million and that compared to a run rate of 858. So we said we're actually going to reduce expenses, okay? When we came to the final budget, we weren't able to do that. We, we came in with 844 virtually the same as what it was the prior year. Now, that's actually a big improvement because expenses here had been going up, you know, 4 to 5 or more percent a year. Um, at the same time, the um, we had wanted to have revenues of 842, and we actually ended up budgeting 872, okay? So what happened between setting the target in January and coming in with a final budget is we had... Thirty million more of expenses, or about, and about thirty million more of revenue. Okay. Now, as we talked about earlier tonight, um, we're we're sort of getting the revenue, not exactly the way we thought. Okay, we're not getting as much net patient service revenue, but it's being offset by supplemental for now. Um, and expenses are, you know, two and a half percent higher than what we budgeted. Okay, so that's just sort of background on how we got to where we are today. Okay, now why is that there? That is not, okay, this is the one I wanted. All right, Um, now let's talk about target setting in general. So this, at a high level, is what we did, we finally agreed to for 2016. So when we're talking about target setting, we're talking about EBITDA, which is how much cash we generate, and, and capital expenditures, which is how much cash we spend. So, when you talk about a balanced budget, that means that this line should be positive because this is how much we generate from EBITDA. And we said this year we thought we'd have 872, we'd have 5% EBITDA margin, that's $43.6 million. We approved a capital budget of 28, we had debt service of 17.6 that's the POB payments and the $5 million debt reduction, and we had uh, a commitment from the foundation of three million dollars. So we said, okay, we we have a balanced budget. Okay, we're going to have positive cash flow. How's it actually working out? Well, we're on track to have revenue of eight seventy-five. So that's good, but the margin is about three percent, two point nine, three percent. So we're going to generate twenty-six. All right, there's the twenty-six. CapEx looks to be coming in lower, maybe twenty-three, twenty-four million. Debt service is still there. We still got to make those payments. We're going to get this. Deb Barnes says, yep, it's, you can come get it. So we're going to be short. We're going to be short by about $12 million. Okay? So that's a problem. And that's why I'm thinking one solution to the problem is lease financing or some other type of debt. Of course, another is, you know, fix operations, improve operations. Maybe another is to reduce capital expenditures. Another would be go to go back to the county and say, "Gee, we really can't afford to pay this," you know. I mean, they're are all options, okay? It's all, it's, but but that's where we are, okay? And this is all arithmetic, and that's what this is what we've been talking about tonight. Yeah, you know, it's arithmetic. Um, okay, so what we when we talk about next year, twenty seventeen, and we'll be back to you next month with this in more detail. One of the questions is this number, capital expenditures. So the this is the Initial request. Now, last year they also requested 60 million. or every or they say they us we all requested 60. And we came up with 28 at the end of the day, but the initial request is 60, and this is what the management team needs to go through over the next month and say, well, what do we actually think we want to do here? Um, but when you take the 60 and you take the debt service, and again, this is next year's. Pension obligation bonds and another five million on the line of credit. Assuming we get another three million from the foundation, how big does that number need to be? Okay. Well, if 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 revenue is probably going to grow, this is three percent. So maybe nine hundred million. If we if we said five percent EBIT again, and we'd have that debate about well, what's reasonable, which is perfectly re- you know logical to have that debate. That would be 45 million. If we spent 60, then we'd be short by 30 million dollars. That's where we'd, we'd go back to the county and say, Well, we think we can operate positively, but we're going to be short by 30 million help or come up with some other plan.
1: Or if we said, You know, 3% is pretty good and that's the best we can do, yes, then that's another 20. roughly 20 million dollars. So yeah. we'd be looking at Fifty.
3: Yeah. fifty yeah, or you come back and say, gee we can only spend ten million yeah. here, and if anybody wants to spend anything else that we've got to have it's got to come with funding
1: yeah, yeah you know, I mean yeah,
3: um, something like that, so that that's essentially this is this is the discussion we want to have only in more detail, particularly coming back to you with what we think <coughs> this number needs to be, because this is where we we tie the mission to the margin because the mission is you know what do we want to fund what do we need to do for the community yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i think you know i mean the debt service is you know pretty hard to move that number right realistically i mean you know on the in the realm of its arithmetic you can say well we don't want to pay that but mm-hmm. you know we have a we have a commitment we're going to pay that so yeah. um, yeah. You know, so I mean, the, the the push points are really the EBITDA margin. Um, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot, and we're not going to get a lot more revenue. So it's the EBITDA margin. We'll know more, but I, I
3: think three yeah. percent may be a reasonable. Yeah. So I think nine hundred may be a reasonable number.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there's just so many you know, points that you can realistically course. push on.
3: Yeah, but the, but in, this is a big move. Form. I mean, yes. you know, Granted, we went last year, we were negative three. And that was without gasb 68, which yeah. was another percent and then we went plus three. that's a, that's a movement of six percent in a year. Mm-hmm. that's a big move yeah okay this is two percent is still a big move. one percent is actually a big yeah. move
1: yeah okay so, so these are big moves. yeah so I so, think this kind so of circles back to what you know what, what Tony was saying earlier is I mean there's some yeah those are big um, moves uh, so yeah and,
3: and we need more time. Yeah, as a team to look at it and say, well, what you know, what do we think we can do? But you know, that's the discussion we want to have next next month.
1: Yeah, and 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 one of the things that again, I was going to, you know, hit on it a little bit more when we got to the debt agreement, if we ever get to that tonight. Uh, um, but you know, I just have this gut feeling that we've been capital-starved for a very long time in this organization. Yeah. So.
3: I don't know, you know Well, and and when we come back it won't be just next year. We'll give you the entire like right. five years yeah. of what it approximately looks like.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> mean, it's it's pretty know,
3: staggering. It's a big big number. I'm sure it's a very large number. And
1: you know, I mean there's you know you know certainly a topic that's close to my heart and we've got Mr. Gravener over here gonna spend a lot of money. So there's a lot of I mean there's just a lot of capital need for this organization. Yes. And yes. so whether it's 60 now or 60 later. Whether 60 is exactly the right number, I don't know. But um, you know, I just think that, you know, 28 or 23 are probably too low. Mm-hmm. So we'll right. find out. Just Jim's opinion okay. at this point. And um,
3: tonight's just about understanding the yeah, math. Yeah, but that's very helpful. Not the, yeah. Not the substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? And while
2: um, we're on it, Mr. Finley, it mm-hmm. might be nice for you to start, uh, you know, uh, working on a benefactor like Mr. Zuckerberg, awesome. like, so, <laughs> so having working with Deborah Barnes on some.
4: Uh, on Deborah some. and I talked about this on Monday. I've, I've put out a few fillers yeah. for you know friends of friends of friends of Mark. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> if if I get down to two friends of friends, I will let you know because that will mean I'm getting a lot closer. Uh yeah. and maybe uh, you know he can open up his wallet, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and maybe one of the things you can do with the full board is without, you know, just have the discussion about you know what I mean the limited number of push points there are here, yeah, and 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 the and the trade offs and kind of going to, you know, Michelle's comment that you can do anything you want, just you can't just do everything, and you know maybe this represents this. We want to do everything. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I- uh oh. Yeah. Sorry. I think for us, I mean, uh,
4: David. Uh, David said it, but for us at this particular juncture, I mean, every every high level line there on, mm-hmm. in this uh, overview uh, is is. Ripe for discussion. Sure. You know, ripe for discussion about whether we, the net revenue is right, and of course that breakdown in the revenue and the expenses, and so we're looking at those. And there are some areas of big, big expense items that we're, you know, we're we're trying to uh, look at uh, that. You know, maybe a little bit more long range in terms of their things, but they could have some big material impacts down the road. So we're looking at those. It's not, we certainly, and I would hate if this gets characterized as a, you know, woe is us because this is just a reality. And so we just need to say to the county, you know, understand the reality and help us out. I mean, it will be a. We are doing everything in our power to actually try to responsibly do what we think is in the best interest of the community, uh, uh, with the support and the understanding of this board. And we're 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 making adjustments where we can to do mm-hmm. that without, you know, um, making some. Some deleterious impact on the community, or or uh, not meeting our commitment as at least as it's currently articulated, and right. you know there is still a delta. And what do we want to? How do we want to approach that with them as a partner?
1: Yeah, and I think this is going to be even more. Um, I mean, I think the issues will come out even fuller when we see, you know, a multi-year projection. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So. Um she should probably do a
3: little time check. Yeah.
1: Um, we're now, um, we're 10 minutes over the end time and we're not even halfway through. Well, oh, this one right? I back. thought we were supposed um, to, this
4: was at 6.10, but um, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I, I, can, either, I can be, I, I think my update for the debt agreement is fairly quick, but I think uh, particularly because I know we, we, yeah. um, Postpone rehab care before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we probably should do that one and then anything okay. else yeah. we can get and, in.
1: And are there people? I'm not sure. Yes, we the, have presenters. The approval items are.
3: Um, I think they're very, I don't think they're very controversial. straightforward. They're not controversial at all.
1: So we could. Is there anyone waiting to.
3: I don't believe so. The outcome? I do
1: so. I mean, do you want to I mean, buzz one, through that one stuff? One is then? our
3: third party administrator for workers' comp and the other right. is a six month extension on radiology services you want to do those?
1: Reality. Well, I was thinking if we wanted to do, you know, quickly buzz through dialysis and the approval items, and then we would have... Yeah,
3: dialysis is very simple.
1: Well, hold on. Then, okay. we, then we'd have permanent agreement and... Um, Rehab care. Rehab care, yeah, and that would be... We sort of
3: talked about med assets. We could postpone... That would kind of be... Pardon me? We could postpone the med assets retrospective review because we've we've actually already talked about it. But well, I feel bad... We, we do we've have Frank a, Verba here. But frank Sitting here yeah. patiently. Okay. Um, I feel bad
1: about that too, but
4: I—I I mean, it's up to you. We can we can we can do those, or we can do the any of it. I think it's it's your call.
1: Well, why do we? Okay, I'm, I'm thinking we can probably get all this stuff done well within by seven I think we o'clock, can go which is quick. late. Yeah. Okay. We can do that.
3: Okay. All right, let me do this. Dialysis, very simple. We've received notice of termination. It's a 90-day notice. Uh, Satellite is leaving. Uh, They'll probably work with us. (coughs) We're looking at two other vendors who could come in, but we're also looking at, well, gee, should should this be something that we might want to somehow bring Mm in-house in sort of a population health management function? So more on that later. Okay, so...
1: The departure of a vendor is, is triggering us to look at yeah, something we just strategically. You to be aware anyway,
3: it, it's being looked at. And when,
2: when is satellite leaving? Uh, yeah.
3: The notice is effective about March fifteenth. Right. Um, but I, I think if we want to go back to them and, and ask them to extend, they probably would. Okay. I, and I, yeah, they give us a
4: ninety-day notice, and it goes to March, uh, March, and that is one of the things that we're exploring, which is talk to them about whether we can extend that a little bit longer while we look at a permanent. Okay. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Permanent
4: the- agreement. Okay, so this uh, um, just—I'll start with uh, where we left off. So, in the last meeting, we were talking about the um, the potential to extend the agreement, which was going to term at the end of December. Uh, that has in fact occurred. Uh, the authority here and the board, uh, working with our county partners, um, the Board of Supervisors, has now extended the interim agreement to March 31st. So. Um, and now we're working from there backwards to now. How do we craft a, a an agreement that we can all agree on, uh, and then have go through the approval process before the March 31st deadline? So, because of that. In our minds, at least, January becomes a very, very pivotal moment internally um, for us uh, to be working with the CAO and the auditor controller on the terms <coughs> of the agreement. I will just again say, as a as sort of a bookmark, um, probably several finance committees ago, we gave you the interim agreement um, or, or the permanent agreement, which, um, or the draft, I should say, of the permanent agreement, which is uh, uh, not I actually know all the details of the actual interim agreement but it's it's it looks in uh its form and um sort of approach uh not dissimilar from sort of prior agreements so so that is the case um, uh, as it currently stands but um as i've shared with some of the trustees i have uh, made overtures to both the cao and the auditor controller that i have a fair amount of concerns with the plan as it's currently uh, uh, drafted and, and and hence the uh, need to uh, extend the interim and then have these discussions. So in January, I, I see sort of a 3 prong uh, thing happening between now and then to get to uh, hopefully a permanent agreement. Uh, there's a, the internal negotiations still occurring between us. Uh, we have talked internally around what we think are a set of um, um, terms that um, uh, would be more realistic more palatable more achievable for the organization that uh, we want to put forward for consideration so um, um, we'll we'll be talking about the process for how we'll do that we're in the process of scheduling the next sets of meetings with the cao and the auditor controller now Uh, um, the next piece is uh, getting board input and i'll Put a, a, a pin on that one and come back to it. Uh, the next one then is uh, the joint board discussion that I was just talking about earlier, which will be about a couple of things: the bylaws, the uh, debt agreement, and the uh, FQHC governance uh, that we'll need to respond to uh, the federal government. Um, uh, but that uh, we are querying for dates for that, so we expect that to happen somewhere around the February, somewhere in uh, sometime in February, uh, and hopefully um as a result of that we'll have a a great deal of uh at least coalescing consensus around terms that would be uh accept- acceptable to both this board and the board of supervisors and then we we'll would be talking about then the sequence of calendaring for our board for review and approval and then getting it on the supervisor's uh, uh calendar and what that process looks like uh, for example if it has to go through health committee first we're tracking their calendar is actually not up yet uh, for 2016, So, but we're keeping track of that so that we can build back and make sure that we have those right sets of sequences in place for that to happen within within that time frame. Uh, So those are all all the pieces. Now, I put a pin on one part, which was the board input, so I'll handle this in two quick ways. One is I want to just quickly sort of run down a list of uh, um, concerns that... uh, largely come from trustees the feedback I've gotten from you some of you and your colleagues uh, but also from the um, uh, the administrative team with respect to the current draft in the agreement uh, just to make sure that we have a good you know robust catalog of them and then um, and then talk about then um, uh, some other forms of ongoing input and feedback from the trustees as we go through this process so uh, just a quick list of uh, five uh, high level considerations that we have some of them will be reflect some of the conversation we've had tonight, but one is um how does the Debt uh, repayment plan uh, contemplate uh, or enable AHS's ability to qualify for commercial financing going forward. So, as we recognize, a plan that uh, uh, in its uh, current form uh, contemplates a a uh, Discontinuation of uh, participating in the consolidated treasury, so that we would actually sort of wean ourselves off of county support entirely, uh, how is that plan really contemplating our ability to then uh, have uh, ongoing work ho- working capital and maybe even broader capital uh, support uh, from from other Lenders or uh, 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 financing entities, and so we we want to make sure that that uh, duly influences whatever the permanent agreement becomes. Uh, There's a plan, or the question about uh, how does this plan address the uh, the matter uh, of floating interest? Because right now the reimbursement or the interest rate is low, uh, but. As interest rates rise and uh, the cost of uh, capital rise, then uh, there's a potential then for the interest rate on the outstanding debt to be fairly substantial. Um, not that it's not when you look at the total amount now, but even more so. And so, does this plan contemplate what that might look like? And is there some sort of approach that you know would address that or, or, or do it in a different way than than what it currently is? Uh, the other one is how how are we uh, considering uh, additional source of uh, of capital for the organization? So, David just one, you know, are we, well, he's mentioned a couple. Uh, do we, you know, are there some ability to leverage assets to get commercial financing? He's talked about then uh, working with the foundation and seeing what capacity they have for additional, uh, uh, um, you know, um, Contributions, including Mark Zuckerberg, if we can get there. Uh, but how are we looking at that and how that influences in our ability to um, uh, do this debt agreement as well as our ongoing uh, um, budgetary needs for the organization? Uh, there are right now other debt obligations listed in the agreement, uh, uh, one of which is sort of on its tail end, the pension obligation bond, uh, the other of which is, is sort of uh, actually uh, sun rising, which is the uh, the uh, debt um, uh, bond repayments related to the acute uh, Tower. Um, so, uh, the, are, what are the right sets of considerations around those? Should they be there? Should they not be there? Should they be in a separate document? How how, how best to capture those uh, uh, those relationships between us and the county? Uh, and then the last thing I'd say is the other structural uh, financial considerations uh, that we might be looking at that then influence our ability to broker a uh, repayment plan that is sustainable for the organization, as well as looking at that within the context of broader strategic uh, integrated financial needs for the organization. Uh, one of them, uh, a big one that we uh, have uh, been talking about and was mentioned to this board uh, a while back was um, uh, the way that the um, ACERA, the uh, pension plan for which uh, many of our um, uh, workforce members uh, participate in, uh, the way that they do pension allocation for the unfunded uh, liability and then, and what impact that's had on you know our capital or our um, debt repayments retrospectively, but also prospectively. So, so we'll be talking more about those. Those aren't necessarily uh, conversation. That's not necessarily an item we'll have in the context of conversation of the debt agreement per se. But we'll certainly be uh, an influence that will weigh on uh, what the agreement looks like and how we how we address that. Uh, so, uh, those are the things that I've captured again, both from feedback I've gotten from the trustees as well as uh, managemental things. So I want to. Um, Pause and ask you uh, from your perspective uh, uh, Are there other um, uh, concerns that this committee would want to make sure that we are uh, uh, taking into discussions administratively with the CAO and the auditor controller relative to the debt agreement? Okay, uh, th- obviously, uh, if you want to send me something between now and then, we, uh, uh, that that opportunity is still there, and so, uh, I, and I want, I would uh, appreciate you doing that. But but I just wanted to make sure that we uh, put it out um, here to make sure that I capture
1: them all. Yeah. Um, well, if you, I, there's one thing I did want to say, but it would continue, if you're gonna,
4: no, no, the next one was just about then oh, okay. how how to do ongoing feedback as we okay. go through this from the
1: trustees. Right. Yeah, I, I I just there's there's. Um, this weighs on my mind a lot because it's such an important, um, important thing. And, um, and, you know, one thing we heard tonight, you know, with respect to, you know, the budget targets and, you know, just a lot of the pressure points that are on, that are on us. And I I was also reflecting that, um, you know, I'm not sure if it was, was. it in December that we had to delay some payments to vendors by a few weeks? Uh, it was December. First. It was December, about two yes. weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so that I look at our, you know, um, you know, the discussion we had with respect to outside financing. Um, you know, I, th- I think about our huge capital needs. Um, I, point at you because you're probably going to be the biggest single bill, but who knows. Uh, you know, but our our, our, our our capital needs, just the the financial structure of the organization, you know, I mean, if you strip away, I did a little calculation, which is always bad, uh, but I did a little calculation. I said, well, you know, what, is, what does our margin look like, mm-hmm. excluding all the supplemental support, mm-hmm. which we generously get? And it's almost negative. It's per- negative 50%. 50? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 49.8, Okay. Um, <clears throat> but, which I don't think is, you know, it's in the realm of normal, if you will. And so I just, so I think, and I reflect on a discussion we had a finance committee or two ago where he said that, you know, this, that the arrangement with the county is, you know, it's an essential and a very generous solution, but it's not a complete solution To our financing, and so I, I kind of integrate all that together in my brain. I think you know we really need, as we're doing a, the the strategic financial plan, to, you know, to contemplate how are we going to fund the organization (coughs) strategically, not just this year or next year, but you know, over the long term. You know, especially when we, you know, we take into account that. You know, They're major sources of revenue which are not tied directly to our, the provision of services. Um, so I don't have an answer. I don't even exactly have a question. It's more just a, it's a generalized concern where I think that this, that the loan agreement crystallizes that concern. And I think it's just something that we can't solve here, but I think that we need to solve as an organization. I think it's a fair
4: point. I appreciate you saying it. I, in my mind, I will take that as sort of the overarching context in, in, in which we have the discussion about this uh, really pivotal piece of it. Uh, but but point of fact, it is a piece of a much larger uh, uh, picture that that is uh, that it influences and and that is influenced by it.
1: So okay, okay. I don't know how we, I don't know how we have that discussion if we have it here, the full board. Uh, uh, you know, a, a one-off committee, yes, um, um, or some combination of the above. So, but, um, <laughs> so that leads me quite nicely. Thank you for that. Uh,
4: to then the the latter part and the last thing I wanted to say on this item, which was. Uh, no, no, no. I said I have one last piece. I said one last piece and that's it. One last piece. Uh, that is, um, then how do we continue to get, uh, um, uh, trustee input, uh, as we move along this so that we know that when we get to, uh, whatever the, the, the uh, uh, this particular part of it, but also, you know, uh, the influences, the other part that you just talked about that it, we're, we're moving in the right direction. So, uh, I, have thought about this. Obviously, I could talk to everyone individually, uh, and I'm happy to do that, Uh, um, but in the essence of expediency and and trying to have some timely uh, feedback, uh, I'll be asking Trustee Lawrence whether she'll um, consider putting together an ad hoc committee of sorts that are looking at this sort of strategic uh, um, um, financial direction, and probably within the next two to three months, uh, while all these different pieces are moving, just to kind of have some quick point of input. And so, so, um, short of that, you know, if that doesn't happen, then I'll just be, uh, calling each one of you and saying, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking, you know, and then capturing all of your feedback. So, so
1: just want to let you know that you have minutes on your, um, on my plan on your plan. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Okay. <laughs>
3: Frank to come up and join me here. Um, I'll just. Sorry, sorry, James. I, I'm, uh, it, this will actually be pretty quick. So this is the slide you've already seen. Um, we we did log 14 million of um, uh, savings uh, annualized. Okay, so we should be recognizing the benefit of that now. Uh, the majority of them came in this area, uh, process optimization, which is labor optimization. There are some other areas as well. Big ones, uh, organizational design, particularly in uh, the ambulatory care area, the 340B operations, pharmacy operations, pharmacy benefit management, and uh, some physician preference items, which are like uh, medical devices (coughs) and surgery and purchase services. Um, uh, You've already received a presentation on labor optimization from our nursing leadership, Kenzie Rickholt and Richay Holman. That, that is largely represented there. as a very impressive program. Uh, obviously, we're watching this very carefully to make sure that the improvements stay. Uh, the other thing we're lo- doing right now is also looking at, well, should we expand this program to cover ancillary services and other uh, parts of the system, because uh, there may be a need for uh, a better three, which is the next program, to get ad- additional savings. But that's something we're not ready to recommend tonight. We'll be back to you after the management team kind of gets into the budget on that. Um, <clears throat> the non-labor occurred. Uh, I've sort of mentioned these areas already. I won't go through them again. Um, and, um, y- you know, um, just in terms of the process, maybe, um, Frank, this is where you could kind of comment on how the process went from your perspective. and
0: Sure this really is the key to sustaining uh, the gains that have been implemented. There is a lot of opportunity and uh, in the labor area and um, Rache Holman did talk through this, I believe, at the last meeting. Uh, it, it's really a number of steps, beginning, if you look at 11 o'clock there with the training and coaching that took place. Uh, along the way, a number of tools were implemented And uh, as you go around the circle, it really is a continuous process of feedback. Uh, In in order to keep these gains going, the Alameda team has established a biweekly process where the payroll reports are reviewed, any variances are reviewed, and uh, variances are discussed how they're going to be dealt with and corrected. So those really are the key pieces all of those together that will help realize that, that full amount of savings.
1: Okay. I was just gonna as uh, one of the many things I've done in my career is job job like yours. And you know, that sustain you know, everything's great and then the consultants go away and it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard to do that. So how are you guys going to do that? <laughs> You're going to
3: do that? Well, we're, we're on it. I mean, okay. we're acutely asen- sensitive to the potential of kind of going yeah, backwards. But as, mean, as Frank mentioned, they're looking at it every two weeks. I talk to Kinsey. I talked to Richay. They're on it. So I feel okay. positive at this point.
1: Is it, um, um, is it worthwhile having an update on this like we're trying to with some of the other capital yeah, things? Yeah, maybe quarterly.
3: Recruiting. Another quarter
4: come back. And, uh, Would
1: that be helpful? Uh, uh i think
4: so i mean I, I, it won't hurt uh, certainly yeah. uh, but if it'd be helpful to the board i, I think we would certainly uh, be willing to do that uh you know i i think the point is very well taken and and we are talking yeah. internally about not just with uh, med assets but with other engagements that are helping us to realize some of the um, the the uh, opportunities that we have as an organization how then are we also making sure that we have the right infrastructure in place to support that. And and there is, in fact, in some cases, opportunities where uh, the ability to sustain it is predicated on the organization being able to bring in certain talent or uh, sustain certain talent, and sometimes uh, we are the natural ebb and flow of the organization. We have interim uh, folks in leadership mm-hmm. roles. Uh, that is still the case for us, uh, still filling out the CMO yeah. role and some other uh, roles for the organization. And so if we don't have that direct sort of handoff uh, mm-hmm. or, or the ability to do the handoff, then that's where we, we are at greatest risk for gains uh, made through these efforts. To sort of backslide, it wouldn't be necessarily any sort of um, uh, shortcoming on the part of the engagement or the people doing the work. It's just that there was a clearly laid out uh, need on the part of the organization to put something in place that would actually deliver on it, and whether or not we've actually been able to do that yet, uh, uh, in some cases, I think has been uh, a challenge that we're identifying. So, so we are, we are. Uh, sensitive to that, we're working on that. But I think you know, uh, be perfectly happy uh, presenting uh, feedback to you. We're we're monitoring too, and so uh, you're. We're talking about yeah. specifically the nursing effort here because that was a sort of the last big thing we've done. But but the efforts in pharmacy and other things that mm-hmm. you heard about that came through this are continuing to uh, be. Um, uh, um, Realized the way that we had expected them to as the mm-hmm. uh, consulting engagement uh, has has, has um, Tapered off and so I think okay. I think those things are, are, right. are
1: playing out. So. Well, yeah I mean, I don't want to doubt management's ability to do that. And right. I, I'm just cognizant, you know, both from you know It's logical and also from personal direct experiences very 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 hard so Yeah, if so if coming back to the committee or the board would be helpful great if not if that's fine. Okay. So think about
3: that. Okay. okay thanks. Well so, in conclusion, successful program. <clears throat> We're maybe looking at expanding it. We'll be back to you after we've uh, talked about it internally. Okay. okay. For the. Um, Thank, you, Thank, you. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Frank. That was. Thank you, Frank. That was Thank you for waiting an awful long time for uh, no problem. a very brief. <laughs> You're welcome to stay. Okay. And
3: Not so, for, sure.
5: for uh, rehab care, um, Mr. Jackson is going to make the presentation. Great. Good morning. Evening, evening, trustees. Thanks for the opportunity to present essentially an annual review of the rehab care contract. Um, In the interest of time, I will move expediently through, but not at the expense of clarity. And so I I hope you'll stop me and ask questions as we go. Um, The contract was approved um, just over a year ago. Um, by this committee, and there is a, finance, a management fee with this contract. Um, one of the objectives was to increase the census and impact the, uh, positively impact the payer mix. And we wanted to get clarification on admission guidelines and practices because we felt like we were fairly inconsistent with that in the past. Also we wanted to see revenue cycle improvements to increase the net patient revenue. Um, and also a reduced length of stay. Our look at the industry suggested our patients were staying previously longer than um, one would expect given the um, the severity of their of their illnesses. Our pair mix. Um, When you look at Alameda Health System, which is on the far right versus the region adjusted and the nationwide adjusted, you can see that um, 90% of our patients, that's the 70 and the 19% above it, come from just 15% of the traditional market that you see a- across the country. And that, it's a function of where we're located and the fact that we are a trauma center and so the type of patients that, that we see in contrast to others who are in this book of business. These are some of the desired outcomes, which are on the left, and the actual results. And I and I would just, um, as a caveat, offer that this is um, through the first six months. And so this is through, um, essentially, the fall. And so I have some supplemental data that um, I will share as well. But you can see that our intent was to increase the net patient revenue by a little over $2 million. In actual fact, we've seen uh, uh, the net patient revenue about 2.1 below what was proposed. Uh, We wanted to see the census go up by about four patients uh, per day, and it's running about 5.3 below the plan, so at about 15.4 ADC. Um, Increased discharges from 215 um, to 261 for the six months. We've seen a decrease uh, to 188, again, in those first six months. The expenses were Driven by a census planned of twenty point seven and the expenses have been under the plan but again we our volume wasn 't up and so it 's not surprising that our expenses were lower because um, we 've not had the census that we expected and then we wanted to shift the paramix. Um again we talked about it a slide or two ago about being so much um, of the Medicaid to a more profitable insured population or Medicare population. Um, Medicaid has decreased uh, to 70%, but insurance Medicare has also decreased from 20% to 19%, so relatively flat. Um, So that was not what we'd hoped for in activating this contract. Um, Don't want to read the volume slide to you, but I think suffice to say, we've not seen the increases in volume that we hoped for. Um, we have seen, I will offer, um, admin days go down. And admin days are essentially days where a patient is on the service, but they're not receiving the three hours of care per day, 18 hours a week, that what an, ex- an IRF, inpatient rehab patient, is expected to receive. We were seeing a pretty dramatically high number of patients staying beyond their time of receiving the eight, three hours of care per day because they didn't have a good discharge plan. So we were seeing you know, uh, perhaps a quarter of our patients on the service who are on admin days. We've seen that number go down. And I think that is a driver on some of the issues we've seen around census. So the bad news is the census is lower. The good news is they're not staying on admin days. And we're paid dramatically more for IRF days than we are for admin days. So we really don't want them staying there on the admin days. And that, I think, is something that that's a positive that we've seen out of this contract. Um, the length of stay, you can see that it has um, it really hasn't moved as much as we would like. You can see that in April to September of 14, it was at 13.3. In the following year, it was at about 14.9. So it went up a little bit. Um, we've seen some progress there um, in the time since this data was pulled, but still not quite where we want it to be. And you can see the average daily census has really been fairly flat. Um, It's gone down a little bit in the period identified. I would like to offer, though, that in November, the average daily census was 17.8, so it did go up. um, And we've sustained that. In December, it was 18.7. So again, we did not see the increase that we'd hoped for as fast as we would like. But for the past couple of months, we have actually seen it going up about where we wanted it to be. Thus far in the month, and acknowledging that we're one week into the month, um, our census this month has been 20.2. So we're at where we expected to be, frankly, six months ago. But this month, one week into the month, we're, we're seeing the increases that we had hoped for. J- James, is that um,
1: late breaking date, is that um, normal for the season? Is there there a seasonal effect?
5: There there really isn't for rehab, and it's a great question I appreciate you asking because certainly in regular med surge care, you do see a season crunch, and we're seeing that right now at San Leandro, for example. But um, our patients in the IRF are stroke patients. They're trauma patients, and so that really doesn't have a seasonality to it in the same way that med surge does. Mm -hmm. So we believe that it's um, the practices that we were looking to buy from these folks really starting to kick in. Um, I did want to talk about some of the things that we're doing to try to drive the volumes up. Um, The IRF physicians, and though we have a physiatrist and a neurologist who really are the physicians on that service, um, the physiatrist, Dr. Stone, is now rounding on a regular basis here at Highland um, to one, to assess patients for their viability for the rehab program, but also, to really talk to the staff here about what really is a good patient, so really trying to do internal education. He's also doing external rounding, so he's going with our admissions coordination staff to external hospitals and um, (coughs) talking to them about what makes a a good candidate for rehab. And so we're starting to see the fruits of that effort. Um, We also have the rehab care staff doing trainings for the Highland staff about what are the profiles of really good patients for the program? And we've we've seen more patients coming from Highland, we think, as a result of getting some consistency about what's the messaging around what makes a good patient for IRF. Honestly, we've seen some patients who um, said, I don't want to go there. They come and they look at the place and they just feel like it physically is not somewhere they want to be. And so I've been talking to Dave Cox as well as to Delvecchio, Finley, our CEO, about what can we do to physically improve the, the site um, we are working with the um, staff of HI, um, information systems. They're increasing the bandwidth so that we can get wireless for people because we didn't have Wi-Fi. We're trying to get televisions or at least um, iPads that people can look at because we only have one television on the entire service. It's in the, the day room, and people say... "I." I need some entertainment. I want something to do. So we're looking at how do we improve the amenities. We bought new curtains. We're painting the place. So we're really trying to freshen the look as well to make it more amenable until such time wow. as we can move the program. So those are just some of the things that we're doing to make it more habitable, if you will, for people mm-hmm. who we're are hoping will choose our program. Um, moving on in the slides. Um, so, oh, please. No, do that one, then I'll have my question. Sure, so the proposal under rehab care anticipated 5.3 more patients in-house daily. The marketing efforts as of the time of this presentation being developed really hadn't yielded the expected admissions. Um, The refusals translate uh, to about one patient per day, so that wouldn't be the difference maker, but we want that patient. So we are working on getting those refusals, um, getting away from that, having people not refuse to go, and also doing a better job with marketing both internally at Highland as well as externally from other sources, other facilities um
1: so f- from your discussion it sound I-, I get the impression that a lot of the improvement is being driven by Dr. Stone and you know and maybe at least in the future by a you know, by paint and televisions and then it all makes sense do you think kindred has really
5: earned its keep up until now? so I um I did want to talk about some of the other things that we're getting as a function of the rehab care contract. Um, they, For example, one thing is a functional independence measure and it's called the FIM score. And that is the measure of what was your physical state at the time of admission and what is your physical state assessment using a tool that is accepted across the industry. What is your FEM gain at the end of your stay? And we've seen an increase by three points. We were averaging 24 for a FEM gain prior to their arrival. We're now averaging uh, 27 for stroke fem game because a large portion of our patients are stroke patients. Um, the fem game prior, prior to their arrival was 23. We're now averaging 25, mm-hmm. about a little more than 25 actually. So that's one aspect of, we believe, a value add that rehab care has brought to us. They also have been actively involved in the design for the new program that we intend to build at um, St. Leandro Hospital, and so we're getting the benefit, the bench strength of their company and what they do, this, business, this is their business that they do across the country. Also um, we're seeking CARF accreditation. CARF is the Commission on Accreditation and Rehabilitation. All of our competitors are CARF accredited. We're the only non-CARF accredited program in this region. Um, part of Rehab Care's book of business is achieving CARF accreditation, and so they are working with us now to become ready for CARF accreditation, so they're kind of leading us through that process. I, I am struggling because you said it sounds like a lot of our progress is due to Doctor Stone and some other things and I by no means would diminish Dr. Stone's contribution, but Dr. Mm-hmm. Stone was here prior to their coming and so I, I just want to be clear that we're seeing progress and Dr. Stone is fantastic. I think the world of him, but I would not attribute all of the progress that I've been saying to Doctor Stone okay. alone. Okay. All right,
1: that's fair. Just maybe it's the order of delivery or whatever. Maybe it was my own brain interpreting no. things. But, and
5: again, I, I, I certainly don't want to diminish Dr. Stone's yeah. contribution to the program, but I just want to be clear that you know he's been there, I've been there. Mm-hmm. We felt there was value added in bringing these folks on board. And I, I do believe that we've seen that. We need to see more. Um, I, I do not want to sugarcoat that. It mm-hmm. has to get better, but I think the, the metrics, the census that I shared for the past couple of months, that needs to be sustained. We need to see them mm-hmm. at or about 20 patients, ADC, on a going-forward basis. It, it can't tail off. Mm
2: yeah i mean if, if you hadn't said what you did about November December and the first week of January, the metrics are just almost shocking a little bit to see how little yeah. yeah
4: yeah agreed uh one of the things that may not be reflected in this report, but uh i, I when we did our quarterly review and then saw in the numbers was that um the The number of uh, the volume of patients we actually have within our system going to uh, rehab at at fairmont uh took a dip that i don't think it was anticipated and so uh um, that dip in some ways has been offset by uh rehab care's uh outreach in the community that was at, at least the impression I got was somewhat different than what we have been doing historically, mm-hmm. but not enough to offset it to get to the target that we wanted to. So part of the efforts, as I understand them, James, please correct me if I'm, I'm, I'm off base here, uh, uh, that we have really been um, working on, and Dr. Stone is a part of that, uh, is, is sort of uh, unpacking what was the cause of the internal uh, referral drop and trying to make sure that that mm-hmm. actually gets uh, addressed. Uh, in addition to then the broader work that uh, that rehab care is helping us with uh, internally and externally. So, mm-hmm. so I think that has, that th- there are some folks who are directly involved in that area that is helping to material, uh, uh, you know, bear fruit, if you will, uh, in terms of the the volume and the uh, the outcomes uh, uh, yes. there. So is that is that a- it?
5: Well said, um, I think honestly, I think rehab care and we took for granted the internal customers. We believe that we will be able to s- sustain the internal volume coming across, and they really focused externally and I, I brought the latest uh, QBR, the quarterly business review data, and we 're exceeding target um, for external referrals, so they really focused externally, and we have done a better job of bringing in business from Stanford from UC from other facilities that we, we really were not seeing previously. Um, to okay. the detriment of the internal market and that's what Delvecchio is referring to. We really have refocused on the internal customers and we're starting to see that volume and I think that's what's driving the past couple of months uh, the numbers going up because that was always our our bread and butter and we kind of lost sight of that I think for a period of time and we've refocused on that and it's it's paying off. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I mean the uh,
1: without that update, I mean like as King Kenny said that was kind of shocking and you know, especially concerning since we're <coughs> planning to spend twenty four million dollars to up to sort of refurbish upgrade you know Florida St. Landry Hospital to accommodate that and you sit back and think wait why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. So I think we still need some consistency Agreed. More consi- more consistent results. So yes maybe give us another update in a few months if
3: that makes sense. Happy yep.
5: to okay. All right. Dave anything else you want to
3: talk? Yeah the only thing I didn't <clears throat> say is um, when we went into this, the uh, <clears throat> the basic rationale was, oh, we're gonna we're gonna not only grow but we're gonna shift the payer mix to commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's as we got into the, the reimbursement analysis, uh, we found that actually <clears throat> that's not the right strategy. Not it wasn't just not achievable. It's not the right strategy because mm-hmm. Fairmont is a Gets DPH reimbursement just because it's a subsidiary of uh, actually part of Highland Hospital. Mm-hmm. So uh, we actually should be marketing to Medi Cal, low, in, low income, uninsured. <laughs> and, um, a lot of the um, actual financial results the Fairmont's is actually doing quite well. If you look on the income savings, it's doing yeah. quite well, but it's because of this reimbursement mechanism.
1: So. Okay. All right. So is there anything left? The two approval
3: items? Yeah, the last thing we have are these oh. two approvals. One is, uh, uh, sorry, uh, extension of um, uh, <clears throat> radiology, uh, teleradiology at uh, Highland. Um, these are uh, same rates of no increases, so $480,000 for that. Um, and then um, Athens Administrator is the third-party administrator for a workers' comp program. This is a contract renewal. Same okay. thing, so they should be non-controversial.
1: Well, I'm, I move for to approve uh, tab items 6A and or or I, I move to uh, for six approval a of 6A and 6B. Second? I second. All in favor, aye? Aye. aye. Okay, approved. Um, the one comment I'll make is I think one of these is a second extension, okay. so we should probably, we'll think we'll, we can discuss that. at Yeah,
3: we are um, as part of the uh, go-live of Alabama Health Partners now looking at uh, how radiology services are provided
1: system-wide. Yeah but it's just uh, we, we need to be cognizant of or we don't want to end up
7: <laughs> with um, a lot of yeah yeah. 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 yeah
1: but like sure. double extensions start to mm. they start this starts to look bad even yeah so Do all I right really um public comment
2: Not received.
1: all right trustee comment okay we're adjourned <laughs> Four seven. thank Four you seven. for uh, thank you everyone for staying so long <laughs>